This is the one with a Dalek hickey. Harlek Delmets. Sucker on, sucker action. One more reason why so many London cops are utter c- and wait, what? Tegan's leaving? Again? It's called Resurrection of the Daleks. Uh, here, here we, we go. go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalek boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Why, hello and welcome, you beautiful, wonderful, marvelous, superb people out there in podcast land to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or a doc past. Indeed, my friend. Oh, it is my friend, the dearest friend I see across the ether in front of me, namely Leon. Hello, Leon. Oh, hello there. Hi, yes, it is I. Hello, Jim. Hello, podcast land. So many qualifiers after my dearest friend. <laughs> my, my dearest friend I see on my screen wearing a blue t-shirt. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's not embarrassing at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, but no, it's fine. Wh- yeah, and you were who correct. Are you? <laughs> yes, you gave me the right label. I am Jim. Yeah, hello, it's Jim. the Jim and Leon podcasting show talking about <laughs> shit that happens to be Doctor Who. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the shit we're talking about today. Why? What the hell is it? It's Resurrection of the Daleks. C134, right <laughs> as we called it. <laughs> Brap, brap. <laughs> what a cereal! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a thing that happened. That, yeah. That's kind of where I am with it. Right. I mean, is it fair to say? <laughs> I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I do remember your reaction on WhatsApp about this cereal. <laughs> I mean, it was just a reaction to your overreaction. No, that's not oh, right. right. Anyway, I, I just felt like, yeah, I don't have the the love for it that you seem to. That's for sure. Okay. I also don't really know what to make of it at the moment. Oh, I was well, I was a little bit overwhelmed, I think. And I underwhelmed at the same time. Wholly surpri- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's wholly unsurprising either. The, I, it, yeah. Uh, dude, coming in hot. I freaking love this cereal. It's amazing. And I'm so glad that uh, you're unsure of how you feel about this because that makes it a tabula rasa. You're a, a blank canvas that we can fill with ad- adoration for this cereal. <laughs> <laughs> You can try. I did write a number yep. down, by the way, but it can change. Just the one number? <laughs> no decimal point? <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. No, I think I think we just need to get into this. Just rip it open. Jump straight Let's in there. Let's untangle so this thing. Shall we do the B-scow and then just let rip? Uh, bro, le- he who dealt it... Sm- yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I couldn't... <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, lovify and summarize So take a view, and grab a brew, and listen to this overview This free-for-all, we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who 
bite-sized chunk of who. The Doctor, Tegan, Turlo, and still no chameleon, get themselves stuck in a time corridor and shunted to the 1980s London South Bank, where strange things are afoot, but where they'll barely spend any time at all, because space is more exciting and this serial is brimming with badass sets just itching to be used. Seemingly normal human policemen are shooting space-age cowards and innocent loiterers on smoke breaks, and soon their paths and the TARDIS teams will cross. Separated from one another, each one of them will embark on some of the darkest, most violent adventures to date, with lasers, Dalek helmets, and over and under acting a plenty. How about a bit of context? Hmm? Following a casualty-heavy war with sexy disco droids, the Mavellans, the Daleks have all but been eradicated by bioweapons, and only one hope for their survival remains, namely to rescue Davros, who has been cryogenically frozen for 90 years, and ask him kindly to engineer a cure for them. And while they're at it, they plot to kidnap the Doctor, duplicate him and his companions, and send them to Gallifrey to assassinate the members of the High Council. Pretty ambitious stuff. So why the Time Corridor? And why 1980s London? Good question, no idea, but guess what I'm about to ask Jim to explain? <laughs> Peace go over. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, never has the B-Scale been so leading. I feel like you yeah. may as well just start us off there. I, I have a confession to make. I've already read the listener minis for this one. And consequently, I know the answer to this question. Can you explain, though? I mean, I'm basing my knowledge on this solely on what I read in, in I think, one of the minis. Can you explain why London <laughs> even factors into this? Why is Bermondsey a part of this serial? I can't explain it. I don't recall it being mentioned anyway. Anyway, but I would assume it's purely as is often the case with these sort of things because the Doctor loves Earth and it's a way to get ah, him but... to be where they want them to be. Oh, 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 you know what? That makes it so much more interesting than anything I had theorized. So you're saying that oh. the Daleks know that Doc is going to get involved. They know that he's going to be there. The plot to duplicate him and send him off to Gallifrey has been plan A from the get-go. And including this seemingly random warehouse in London on the South Bank is a deliberate move to lure him in. Is that what you are saying? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I feel like we're being generous to say that it, it was all planned out like that and that's what we saw in this serial but the whole subplot of we're going to clone the Doctor and get him to go kill the High Council is just completely left field I feel yeah. like that's not something that you just kind of go oh by the by as you're here Doctor why don't we clone you and go and kill the High Council no it felt like that was in, meant to be set up I just feel I like they it. forgot to set it up in the serial oh <laughs> Among other things, perhaps. I love it because I interpreted this exactly the opposite way when I watched this the other day. I assumed okay. that they didn't know Doc was going to be there, but when he arrived, they were like, guys, we have the Doc. Let's use him. <laughs> We've got this duplication technology. Great. I mean, to be fair, I didn't think about this when I was watching it. It's only you asking the question that's made me think about it. But that kind of explains the, the worst actor in the room character. Of In my notes, he's scared chappy. And then he becomes not so scared, chappy, under Dalek control, and then back to scared. You mean chappy. Captain Earring? <laughs> yeah, Captain Earring, that's the one. Yeah. Ah, oh, I think you've nailed it. You know what? I don't know if he is the worst actor in my mind, but he is a terrible actor. Would you say that he is also, at the same time, the best actor? <laughs> <As> in, 
he is like the worst actor in television history for about two and a half episodes. And then for one and a half episodes, he is excellent. <laughs> I wouldn't say excellent. He was more what you would expect an actor to do delivering lines. Mm. But the comical thing, though, is that his real character is the one that he's acting badly. It's the under Dalek control persona where the acting gets better. Yes, that's right. Because like they've filtered out all the insecurities, I guess. He no longer stutters. He's very sure of himself. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, he was I, a Dalek agent all along, don't you know? I still don't feel like we've answered the question, why London? But, I mean, effectively, watching this, I didn't realise why anything was in London. But you seem to have caught on to the fact that the Daleks deliberately left shit there. I didn't even get that. One of my questions was like, why is the Mavellan poison in London? Like, why? How did it get there? No, I mean, I am not trying to defend and explain this serial. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to piece together the broken jigsaw that is this storyline you know <laughs> it's just a I'd fact like to point that out that the... every jigsaw starts off broken i would like to point out that that's not true <laughs> okay you're right sorry the middle step of the life <laughs> the, the cycle of life of every jigsaw is that it is broken <laughs> again i would like to point out that it's not true it's intended to be in that format <laughs> anyway this is a weird tangent <laughs> Okay, fine. Can I ask a different question? Because genuinely, I had a different first question, and we've kind of touched upon that subject okay. already. So we might as well like just get it out of the way. It is as follows. Can a person genuinely be called an actor if they can't act? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Whoa, you're being harsh today. I'm friend. so sorry. <laughs> Still love the serial. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that's meant to like this, and you're dissing over it mm. more now. I mean, the answer clinically would be yes, because they get paid to do this thing. You don't have to be good at something to be the thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay. Aside from minimum... Sorry, I, I was drinking my beer, but I, I really should have just snuck in and see the UK Prime Minister joke. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> I mean, that's a great example. Yeah, fantastic example. In addition to... I, I think his name is... Oh, you know what? I can't remember. Is he Stein? The actor's name is Buse, I think. But in addition to Captain Earring, anyways, whom I'm thinking of, does anyone else stand out yeah, to you stand. as potentially a terrible actor in this? I don't know if there were standouts as terrible actors. I feel like most people were terrible. Yeah, I think like all the good guys, except for Team Tardis, right? Like the entire space station crew. Pretty, pretty much. Rula Lenska, I wasn't sure about. I think I kind of liked her character. I'm looking up her character was called Styles. She was the medical doctor who was also mm. part space adventurer. Wait, medical doctor as in, oh, on the space station? Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, gotcha. Like, I was really low on details of people, like, you're the one that normally has silly names for everyone, and I tried, <laughs> so I tried quite hard to pick up on, on the names and, like, write them down and stuff. I had not a Scooby-Doo in this one. Like, she's just the doctor of the green hats. So I had green hats and black caps. They were the two factions. <laughs> And then the green Wait, hat's got cap. a red hat guy, which was so confusing. 
that's how you see people. This is how we find out that we view the world completely differently. Like you define people based on their headgear. But I do want to ask, when you say black caps, do you just mean black caps? Or are you talking about the Dalek-shaped helmets that some people are wearing? No, I'm talking about the caps. I, I oh. don't know if it... We, Who are we they? might have seen oh, the helmets the... before this point. But they had these right. caps on, which had the, the longest peak. I mean, they were Pinocchio caps. Like, they'd been lying their asses off for days, and the peak just kept on <laughs> growing. <laughs> Amazing. They were ridiculous. <laughs> are they the duplicates, then? Are they duplicates not wearing helmets? Because all the duplicates yeah. also wear black uniforms, I guess, like black headgear and black everything. Yeah, I think the, the main guy who's... Is he called Lytton or something like that? Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Lytton, Lytton. I think he's like the main guy throughout. And I think he's, for the, maybe the first half, he doesn't wear a helmet. I think he maybe goes into combat gear later. Yeah. yeah he's he's the main I, kind I of think you're black right. cap guy. Okay. I loved him, by the way. I thought he was a fantastic character. He, yeah, he's the, probably the standout, both in characterization and acting, would you say? Well... I don't really want to exclude Captain Earring, because I think as a character, he's super interesting. This is why I was saying he's terrible at the start, but then he gets fantastic, because I think had they not given him that self-actualization moment, you know, the way he goes like, no, I'm fighting my Dalek programming, whatever, then he would have been dreadful. I, I, I hated every actor's choice that he, or acting choice that he made. But then when that added element came into play, he actually showed lots of range. And I, as an actor, he showed lots of range. As a character, I sympathized with him. I thought he was like, truly quite interesting when he sacrifices himself and he figures out how to ambush soldiers. And it, yeah, I enjoyed him. I think both of those are actually possibly the most interesting. And Proto Osgood is also pretty good. She, I did enjoy her to start with, and then I th felt like they just kind of gave up on what, I don't know, maybe they had a plan for that character and they didn't know what to do with, do with her when they changed the plan or something. It just felt like at the end, it just went a bit weird, and then she gets killed <laughs> off in a really pathetic fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a lot of people, she's murdered with absolutely no ceremony. There's the most unceremonious casualty list of any serial ever i'm certain yeah i mean there's definitely get some plus points for the sad thing is it's not the daleks half the time but regardless the bad guys just killing people left right and center like yeah big tick <laughs> Bad yeah. guys being bad. <laughs> biggest, I, I think I actually read this, that this has the biggest on-screen death count, casualty count, oh, any wow. Doctor Who serial so far. There are a few serials where, like, you know, a planet explodes, so we know that more people yeah. died, but we don't actually get to see them. Like, they, this is some pretty heavy shit. Is this discounting the Cybermen from the five Doctors? Is this just, oh, you like, know what? That's a very humanoid good question. people, like, not yeah, you're right. cyborg I people? Think that's a super good point. I don't know. I didn't look into this, and I, I didn't consider it even. I was going to ask, so we have tons of different bad guys. You said, oh, not just the Daleks, we have the bad guys kill people. They do lots of nefarious shit. How do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about the fact that there are humans collaborating with the Daleks or that the Daleks now have these duplicate human soldiers? Okay, let me preempt what I feel about this by saying, we could be here a while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. Mainly because I, I don't really know what the fuck is going on in this serial mm. <laughs> like around the daleks is the main problem in my head okay. and it's yeah why the fuck have they well and they say duplicated but then there's this aspect of programming like the, the original mind is underneath in the duplicate or they're just 
misusing the word duplicate for most of the time. I don't know. And then there's the fact that they're trying to get Davros to get him to help them to get this cure. But they also don't give a shit about Davros. Correct. Which I maybe have just totally forgotten what happened the last time we had a Davros No, I think, I think you're on to uh, the right thing here. I think that's changed since the last time. But I think these are two different subjects. I think we need to discuss both of them. And I think you've just brought up something super interesting about the duplicates. What the fuck does duplicate even mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, why do we see duplicates of Tegan and Turlo that means bugger exactly. all? Like, there's just yeah, so, so much stuff in here. It's just like, <laughs> what? what? I don't understand. I don't understand what I'm being shown. I don't understand what you were trying to do. <laughs> so they seem to have created, I'm assuming sort of clones. They've cloned the bodies of lots of different people. Somehow they've created, I don't know how they managed to create copies of Turlo and Tegan. Turlo, by the way, not human, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so regardless, somehow they've made copies of all of them. Presumably they've made a copy of the doc as well, if they're going to duplicate him. So what is the point of moving all of the information from one mind into the other, if they're then going to replace it with, oh no, wait, I think I've just answered my own question in asking it. How's this as a theory? (laughs) The only reason they duplicate the mind is so that they have the intel necessary to blend in, but the programming is basically turning them into automatons. Uh, I mean, it's a passable theory, and no discredit to you. It's still pretty dumb. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. As, yep. as a villain's plan. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, here we go. <laughs> Let's just put in this tiny layer over the top of programming, which is perfectly doable for them to break out of. There we go. Mm-hmm. Let's Only not happened once ever in the history the of concepts of. Yeah, let's not erase the concept they have of free will. Let's not give them false memories to make them think that they've been serving us forever or something. No, no, no. Just a tiny little bit over the top saying, Daleks are my master. We're going to give them all of their original memories, but for some reason, they won't want to access them. Yeah. Doesn't Doc even tell someone? Until they see the perfect cupcake and then all the memories of cupcakes come flooding back. Oh no, I remember I used to be a baker before I was a mercenary. There's a moment where I think Doc is talking to Lytton. He's certainly talking to one of the duplicates who isn't Captain Earring. And he says something to the effect of, bingo card, I wonder who you were before you were reprogrammed. I wonder who you were before you were duplicated. Something like that. But I wonder if, that too. <laughs> well, if they've been duplicated exactly the same way as, what's his face, Captain Earring, then wouldn't they remember? Or, like, what is the, okay, oh, I'm getting really upset by this by the way dude like i told you it would take a while (laughs) (laughs) how does this compare to cyberification you know when you're cybermanned we've got lots of cases of cybermen suddenly breaking through their programming remembering who they used to be there's that gross Cyberman scene i can't remember it's in one of the tenant series where the Cyberman starts crying because Oh, yeah. Like the whole plot, the whole like act three is fuck it. We're going to deactivate the switch that makes people not remember. And when they remember, they die. What's the difference? I guess the main difference is that the cyber people get hacked to bits as well. And they generally they can break their programming to help out a little bit, but they never go back to being human. Whereas it seems to take effort for 
earring guy to break his promo and it stay broken so maybe yeah. it's not sustainable but it's obviously possible that this duplicate could exist as a proper duplicate you know without the Dalek programming which a cyber person yeah. couldn't basically okay on the other hand you do have the case of Bill who has none of that programming she's just been physically modified she's been physically turned into a cyberman but her mind is perfectly intact she could not happily but she could conceivably live an entire lifetime probably many lifetimes as a Cyberman. Yeah, potentially. But with a personality of Bill. Yeah. I, I guess that's probably the closest parallel of any kind of brainwashing manipulation-y thing. Or, I don't know, there are probably loads of things. What do we have with the, the snake dance people? Like, they took possession. You know, you had a, an entity in your mind that was controlling oh, you. Yeah. And, and then the entity goes, <laughs> and then you're back to normal. You know, they're... It's not unique to this serial. It's not unique to Doctor Who, obviously, you know. No, that's true. And there's, you know, there are elements like voodoo culture and all all manner of stories and myths and, and whatnot of yeah. people being taken over and then controlled by someone else. But if you do that, you don't need the person underneath. So as you as you rightly pointed out, there are clones or duplicates of, you know, like inactive duplicates of Turlow and Tegan just waiting to be filled with a personality. So if that that's the case, and they're going to suppress the personality anyway, why even clone the personalities at all? Why not just pop a battery in its head? Like, basically make a Terminator, you know, exterior on metal well, I guess, skeleton, that sort of thing. Do you think this is what... Because a lot of New Who, obviously, is is drawing on classic, and, and some of the New Who I've seen is drawing on classic I haven't seen. And I'm thinking yeah. now, actually, we've seen in New Who the, the Dalek puppets where no, they had the stalks those, coming yeah. out of their foreheads. And maybe that's that's the new Who version of this, but that's taking it to a more technical level. And they were the people. They weren't duplicates as well. Like, that seems... That's true. A, I mean, it seems like a better version. It seems more like what the Daleks <gasps> would do as well. Why would they duplicate oh, someone dang. to take them over? They would just take them over, you know, if they had the ability. You're right. The Dalek puppet thing seems like the thing that is more characteristic of the Daleks to do. But this version, the Dalek duplicates way more interesting in my opinion crazy interesting it has the possibility of being interesting and i am intrigued by it the whole thing with Lytton, i totally agree with you that storyline for his character that arc his character has is super yeah. intriguing mainly because of the ending where he basically i don't know he's like ruthless motherfucker and just like shoots the guy next to him and when he sees the daleks are being killed and you're left questioning is that his Dalek persona going, I need to like carry on the plan as normal, the cover? Or is this the human he was beforehand going, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to pretend to be a police officer and, you know, go on with my life or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'd just <laughs> like... <laughs> be a regular London police officer. Um, sorry if there are any London police officers in the audience. It's a lot of stuff in the news nowadays. Do you think there's a chance that Lytton, possibly his two compadres, because there are three of them at the end, I think, who leave. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Lytton has in fact also broken his programming? And for that reason, he is now just himself. He's just like, yeah, I no longer need to follow the Daleks' orders. I remember that I was a baker, but you know what? I wasn't just a baker. I was also a fucking serial killer or, you know, like <laughs> I beat up people constantly. I was a bully. And this is him just acting out his true personality. 
I mean, it's a possibility, definitely. But it's just, it's that frustrating thing again, where there's nothing in the serial to say that. There's nothing to give you any indication. Like, sometimes you can say stuff really well and leave it up to the audience to make a conclusion. I don't think they said this really well, and I'm still left up trying to make a conclusion. Basically, is he a sleeper agent for the Daleks? Which they've implied there are loads of them. They say they've put up duplicates in loads of places across the Earth. So is he just one of them, or through that all the Daleks spewing out shaving foam incident. Does he break his programming and go back to being, I don't know, just like, well, given his actions, you would think like basically a corrupt police officer. (laughs) Because most police officers don't just casually shoot people. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And if I gave any other impression with my prior statement, I apologize. I retract that. That's not the message I'm trying to send out. (laughs) But... (laughs) simply making a reference to half of the headlines. I still think, even if this is not his original personality, I still think he has broken the programming. Because I guess you can make the argument that Daleks have this innate survival instinct. If cornered, they're gonna try to make it out alive. And he, in a sense, has been cornered because he is a representative of the Daleks. The Daleks are all like being blowed up and so he goes, fuck it, I've got a plan. I've got an exit strategy. In the sense, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Do you know what yeah, I do know, and... though? Okay, carry on. I think he returns. This is not the last we will see of Lytton. I would kind of hope not, actually. Like, the way he's set off with his, his two bobbies in tow. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, I think that's the thing, though. The two bobbies, we see them as the most mindless soldiers out of all of the kind of on-screen characters, really. Apart from actual like cannon fodder soldiers that we know nothing about they're literally just there in the background to be shot like these two have a lot of on-screen presence they're set up as secondary villains in a way like they have that whole thing of chasing down tegan they shoot the poor fisherman guy or or whatever yeah a guy with a metal detector on the south bank (laughs) oh metal detector i dropped my keys around here somewhere Uh, Is that the most gratuitous murder, the most unnecessary murder in the entire serial? Probably. But it's it's mostly the double hitter of what the fuck are they doing capturing people at this point? Like, I don't know why they bother capturing Tegan. Like, obviously, there's this subplot thing with capturing Doc and sending him off to kill the High Council. I don't feel like yeah, he needs... And Tegan and Turtle. Tegan to be there. But why? No, th- why? Well to be thorough the bodies that we see the turlo and tegan bodies that we see are not turlo and tegan they are empty duplicate shells i mean i would agree that's what is meant to be yeah yeah so they need to capture tegan so that they can stuff her memories into the empty tegan shell yeah that's explaining they have to do a because of a like they've duplicated her so they have to put her mind in her but why have they duplicated her why does the plot say Going to kill the High Council of Gallifrey means putting two non-Gallifreyans with the Doctor. You know, two non-Gallifreyans, sure, which generally dude. aren't allowed sure. on Gallifrey. I think it makes perfect... Oh, yeah, wait, hang on, that's so true. Those companions <laughs> wouldn't even be allowed out of the TARDIS. You're absolutely right. Maybe the Daleks are not aware of that rule. Also, by the way, who's on Gallifrey? Wait, is Nyssa on Gallifrey? Leela? Someone's on uh, Gallifrey. Both of them, I think. Both of them! No, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Podcast Land is screaming right now. They're like, you fucking assholes i've been listening to you doing classic reviews for years no how do no. you know this it's just leela isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I pre- yeah. yes i think leela's one of them isn't that in oh shit bananas is that assassin wait <laughs> the time assassin wait that's not a that's not a title <laughs> the 
The deadly assassin is what I'm thinking of. The deadly assassin. Yeah. Doesn't that end with, or Invasion of Time, one of those two ends with Leela going, you know what I really like this Gallifreyan boffin? We're going to shack up. And he's like, I never thought I'd get laid. And then she stays there. So maybe the Daleks know that. Oh, dude, I am fucking lawyering you left, right, and center. The Daleks <laughs> know that she is there. And they're like, yep, to blend in, we're going to get two human companion uh, duplicates. One of them is not human, doesn't matter. They can distract Leela. Doc is meanwhile going to go into the council chambers, blast everyone, and then with a gun, and then that's it. <laughs> blast everyone with a gun. Not his penis. Yeah. <laughs> you were <Correct>. clarifying that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Fine, whatever. It's stupid anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who do you want to go God. next? <laughs> <laughs> I've got more questions if you want. Yeah, do some questions. Come on. We're just getting stuck in loops, I think. Okay. I'm going to give you a time corridors and time corridors. Ooh, nice. Come on then. If you take over a space station in a bid to die hard to your creator out of space prison, do you seal off and deactivate the self-destruct chamber, or do you ignore it and assume that no rebels are going to engage it? I would just, like, ignore it. I mean, who gives a shit about that? Correct! That's exactly right. <laughs> With a Dalek-shaped hat. <laughs> Yay! To be okay. fair, I think there uh -huh. is a line of someone saying they kind of guessed that there was a self-destruct or something. Or I, I, It felt like there was a kind of revelation. It's like, oh, there must be a self-destruct device or something. Like maybe they didn't know about that when they came on board. Ah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I, I might be reaching a bit with that. It just rang a vague bell. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm willing to entertain that. They didn't know. Consequently, maybe the Daleks don't know. Maybe maybe no one. Yeah, fuck it. Maybe it was left off the plans. It used to be... <laughs> It used to be a laundry room or something. Yeah. It's where we keep our tumble dryer because it's really loud and it wakes up Ned. But then, actually, you know what? Sort of next to the tumble dryer, we're going to put this self-destruct mechanism. All right. Another question. You have one of the biggest baddies ever. You have Space Hitler in custody. Do you stick him in a place like Sharda? Do you, do you put him in a freaking crazy ass maximum security space prison like the ones we have seen? Or do you put him here, guarded by a couple of interns? couple of interns i feel like interns get a bad rap they deserve to prove themselves tell one of your interns about our podcast is that why you're saying this <laughs> <laughs> no you know what i had not considered how stupid it is that ross is where he is he's on ice to be fair that's true there is a crew to guard him they are why mostly shit <laughs> why have they cryogenically frozen him or, although he's not quite on ice he says he he was awake for the whole shit but he, i feel yeah, like he was like straight like paralyzed demolition man yeah that's scary shit he was oh i see so that chamber is just to well why do that that seems like a waste of resources put him in a cage i guess they're worried he might be able to do something i mean they don't take him out of his chair you kill him then so. Throw but, him into yeah. a sun. <laughs> I feel like we probably have forgotten what happened at the end of the last serial. I feel like there was a thing about him being imprisoned. Or maybe I've totally even frozen. Forgotten. Yeah. Does the last one maybe this, end with if, where he is now? Sorry? Yeah. Like, either, I either did like end with this scenario. Or did we have him already frozen and being rescued? Yeah, we did. 
I think he had frozen himself. The last time we saw him, I believe, was when Tom Baker goes up and, like, kind of threatens to kill him as well. And at that point, he was just, he was covered in dust and cobwebs. <laughs> and then somehow, he had basically put himself in some sort of stasis, but without the use of external technology. It was just him. And however, I don't know if maybe Doc did this, or he did this to himself. Like, he was on a timer, like a microwave oven or something. But he basically thawed him. That rings a bell. This is on Scarrow, I think. You know the serial Doc at one point throws either a real or a fake grenade at Davros? A what? A fake grenade? I don't recall that. <laughs> oh, maybe it was a real <laughs> grenade. I think this is the last Mavellan serial, in fact. When we first met at the Disco Droids. I was thinking this was Mavellan's, yeah. I'm going to whobackwhen.com, your source for all of the Doctor Who information you might need. Hang on, I'm going to look for Davros uh, using the um, Vindex Nemesis Davros okay hang on while I look for this I've got another question for you why did they keep his chair there like inside his chair he has so many crazy dangerous gadgets including that weird remote control that just like makes people his slave yeah I have no clue about that I mean yeah that's just dumb <laughs> yeah exactly Right, so I found it. The last time we met Davros was C-104, Destiny of the Daleks. And... Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, so this is... Ah, uh, this is where Romana 2 first comes in. Okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know what? Our B-Scours are not necessarily the most informative, are they? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> reading our Destiny of the Daleks B-Scour thinking... Yeah, I am none the wiser. Yeah, it's definitely Mavellans. We're definitely on Skyro. There was some shit about Davros being frozen or suspended animation type mm. stuff. And I, I just can't quite remember uh, the payoff. Right. That's but another one of our reviews that I'm going to re-listen to. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like that they probably, because these aren't massively far apart. I would hope that they have led into each other reasonably well, but it does seem to be treading the same ground a little bit. I, I can't quite remember if there's a reason why the Daleks don't really want Davos around. I don't remember that ever being the case before. What I assume, and I'm going to have to... It's going to be a long time before I re-watch Destiny of the Daleks. I'm, gonna, I'm assuming that I'm going to re-watch it the next time I go all the way <laughs> through. Or when we're done with Classic, I will re-watch a few of them. But yeah. I might re-listen to our review because that'll give a few answers that I'm currently missing. But I assume that at the end of Destiny of the Daleks, he freezes himself or is otherwise captured. Because otherwise we would constantly be asking, where is Davros? Why haven't we heard from him? We probably know that he has been captured. But the Daleks, as I recall, adored him back then. They revered him. Here, they're kind of doing their own thing. They've had a crazy long war with the Mavellans. War has disillusioned them. They're no longer bothered by the reverence of their icon, Davros. All they want to do is do their own thing and not die in a bio-war. Yeah. Okay, shall we tackle something else? I don't know if we're going to get to the bottom of whatever it is we're discussing. Sure. I, I just very quickly scrubbed through some of the this, the mini, because we had a doc for it from that uh -huh. one. And I think basically it was a very similar plot. I think the Daleks came to rescue oh. Davros. The Daleks oh, okay. needed something from Davros. But I think at that point, it was the right relationship. They were depending on him and needed him to do right. something. And would what let is it him that they needed them. from him? It was something about like a battle computer. I think maybe they had two oh. battle computers locked in a war or something. And neither of them could win. Or, I can't remember. Something like that. I think you're absolutely right. Yes. Oh my goodness, this does ring a bell now. Yes. Maybe that's a totally different serial. Though. I don't know. <laughs> but... No, I think you're absolutely right. I, I remember the scene inside the Mabellan disco spaceship where they have something akin to, <laughs> you know, 
battleships, like as in the game, and uh, that's these two supercomputers fighting each other, and they need a human or a sorry a non Dalek mind to enter into it, and it's either Doc or maybe one of the no, it must be Doc who like offers some non computery input for the Mavellans, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway, the point is there's definitely some reusing of plot from the very last Dalek serial we had in this Dalek serial, which is really, really poor. <laughs> like, is this what's going to happen every time they want to bring back Davros? Is like, he's no. going to be frozen somewhere. The Daleks come up to rescue him because they need something from him. <laughs> okay, I prefer to view this as an homage, and I wasn't even aware of it whilst watching this serial, and <laughs> it has not changed my mind in the slightest. I still love this serial. Chin chin. <laughs> right, okay. We're at that level of uh, um, no, I'm just not like just blindly <laughs> following this. No, 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 no. <laughs> I take your point. There are similarities, but the setting is different, and there are enough new things being added to this one. Arguably, too many new things added to this one for it to be distinctly its own thing. I think I I respectfully disagree. But yeah, the, the new things are different enough that it's interesting. I suppose okay, that's fine. <laughs> Do you have any more questions we could jumpstart with? Uh, yeah, okay. How about this as a segue? Did you think that the soldiers that they encounter on Earth were unit soldiers? A hundred percent. I mean, we've already both made the Osgod reference without really dwelling yeah. on it at all. It's just like a, a given. It's like, oh yeah, that was that's the original Osgod. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So why um, aren't they units? And if they're not units, they... why don't they? Like, why doesn't Doc just go call unit? Yeah, I I forget how he left unit. The last time we had unit contact was Brigadier coming back. Yeah, right? fifth of five doctors. Yeah, and that was almost just a little bit fan service. It wasn't really a unit thing. But they True. haven't written unit out. Unit are still around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was weird. And it was weird that there's like a bomb disposal crew that didn't That's... really seem to have a lot of bomb disposal equipment. I don't know. <laughs> I, I forgot about that entirely. You're right. Yeah, this this feels like plot hole heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this is find the cheese amongst the holes, really. <laughs> <laughs> of Swiss cheese storylines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The... The reason that they are there is solely because someone, no mention of who, but someone, I guess, noticed the Mavellan poison canisters, assumed that they were bombs, called the, the army, <laughs> and the army goes, well, be there right away. Don't stay there. Leave and don't leave a calling card. <laughs> and then they show up. <laughs> And arrest everyone for no reason whatsoever. Instead of just going, there's a bomb! Get away from here! <laughs> you know, We're going to cover it in styrofoam and try to defuse it. I mean, yes, that could have happened. <laughs> First, firstly, acknowledge that 100%. But secondly, could it also not have been the, the person that phoned it in waited for them to turn up? Sneaky shit. They, okay. they behaved basically how they behaved through most of this serial, which is standing around looking a bit gormless and not knowing what to do remotely with anything. And, and so the person that, person that phoned it in just goes, okay, 
you don't know what the fuck you're doing. These might be bombs. I'm just going to leave you to it. And so then you just get some military looking people just stood around going, is that a bomb? I don't know. It could be a bomb, mate. But what are we going to do about it? I don't know, mate. What are we going to do about it? Are you going to do anything about it? No, I'm just going to stand here and look at it, mate. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Back up. Have you called them? No. <laughs> Why would I? There's a bomb here. I don't want, we don't want more people here. It might go off. <laughs> Should we evacuate I mean, the civilians? No. Why? There was only no. one and he's been shot. What about the, the guy better for taxing on the beach? Oh, it's fine. He's like... At least two feet away. But like, what, you mean Ned? They... He just dropped his keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't they all just appear as a group from a neighbouring room, like when the TARDIS team arrives? Or uh, I forget who exactly arrives first, but... Yeah, that's like, they really just kind of like, like They've been having a little lunch break on a on a table playing cards, and then they go, what's that noise? And they all stand up and walk around the corner. Like, it was just such a weird setup. Yeah, I agree. I a million bajillion percent agree with you. I don't know what that's about, okay? I'll be frank, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> They're there to defuse a bomb. They don't defuse a bomb. They don't look at the bomb. They don't go close to the bomb because probably they think it might be a bomb. Why would they go near it? They immediately suspect everyone who's near the bomb because they might have planted the bomb. But they also do everything Doc tells them to do because, shit, I don't know. <laughs> They're terrible I mean, yeah. soldiers, is my point. Yeah, I mean, it takes, like, three minutes for the lead guy to take his belt off and give Doc his fucking gun. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, here's my note. I just found my note. This is from part two. Soldier just gives Doc a gun. They just met him. He hasn't even introduced himself as Doc. <laughs> they they don't know his name. They don't even know that he won't give them his name. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I don't yeah, know. That... Well, you're dressed as a cricketer. Here, have a gun. <laughs> You're obviously used to holding a thing between your legs. What? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know what? I will subtract 0.1 off my score because of exactly that. <laughs> hey, we're I'm going to make somewhere. a note of it right now. I can't believe Minus... this is the only thing so far you've reducing points for. <laughs> yep. Because everything else I'm aware of and I accept it. <laughs> People can't act? No problem. <laughs> Fine, whatever. You know what? I was prepared to subtract points because of the whole no acting credentials kind of thing. But then you pointed out that you don't need to be able to act in order to be an actor. So no worries, buddy. <laughs> the points stay in. <laughs> Damn, you tricked about... me into not <laughs> lowering your score. <laughs> How about when Captain... What's his name? Archer, I think. The guy who isn't Bagels. How about when he has been duplicated and his men, and they ostensibly keep not Osgood, <laughs> I was going to say not good, but Nosgood and not good, um, yeah. Tegan hostage. What about it? Like, why do they Well, do isn't that? that pretty cool? Isn't that like really some dark, psychologically heavy and intense shit? Isn't that super interesting to watch oh no what are they no. gonna do man what do you it's mean no just, what the fuck are they doing like this is yeah no <laughs> like oh <laughs> surely their programming is really clear they should just be grabbing them take them to the dalek ship they're even pretending to be oh yeah the original people for ages and Wait, then like you're right oh we've been rumbled bob shit <laughs> look there's my gun on the table but there's the gun on my belt as well oh bloody hell <laughs> Okay, you're absolutely right. I, I concede. 
That is a solid <laughs> point. Why do they maintain the pretense of being themselves when they don't need to? But minus point one. There you go. Also, see, see, the, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, let's keep the ball rolling. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So these guys, they're off screen for. I, maybe I'm misremembering exactly, but it felt like. They basically get taken by Daleks or whatever. Maybe we thought they were dead. And they're basically back in the next scene as the duplicates. And yet later when, I mean, Doc's a Time Lord, whatever. But later when Doc gets taken, he's lying in that thing for scene after scene after scene. It takes him ages to do a duplicate. That's that's true. His mind is arguably more complex. So it probably does take longer. But presumably but they do like just growing a body humans. shouldn't take. Yeah. And there are only four beds. There are only four of the bubble wrap covered beds <laughs> you can't even do all five at once <laughs> this takes us back to the whole what the hell is a duplicate argument because is it that easy for them to just like churn out a new organic specimen or is it a case of actually these are the real bodies we just reprogram them but if that's the case they're not duplicates you know like I feel like there was a scene later on where maybe it's Doc arrives on the station and he goes through some room and li- literally like walks past a pile of bodies and or not not like obviously dead people but at least unconscious people. And I think that might be the group, the military guys. Oh really? I didn't pay enough attention. I don't think I wrote a note about it. But my impression that I think at I know the scene you like, mean, but I... that yeah, they were the originals. You know, they they'd almost just been discarded. Like the once they made the duplicate, they effectively killed off the original, which you know makes a lot of sense. But again, it's just like a random two seconds to try and convey what they may or may not be doing with these duplicates and how it all works. And I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just I like I like a slower pace thing that lets me think about stuff because like, there's there's so much in this serial as well. Like I paused this I so know. many times to write notes because I was just like, wait, 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 what the fuck was that? Okay, no, I I have to write a thing about this, and I still didn't I mean, write down enough notes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a space station. That's also a prison. That's also some sort of medical facility. We've got the return of Davros. We've got Daleks showing up. Daleks are at war with the Mavellans. There's a bioweapon. We need to engineer a cure for that. We also need to figure out what we're doing ideologically, the Daleks, I mean, versus their creator. We've got duplicates. The duplicates might have past lives or present-day parallel lives, or they might have been killed presently and are now living out some sort of facsimile. We've got identity crises. We've got nerds picking up guns and playing soldier. We've got tons of people who don't know how to act. We've got a weird subplot where we're going to duplicate the Doctor and send him to Gallifrey, but how does that happen? We've got time travel because somehow they've gone to fucking 1980s London (laughs) and we have uh, Turlo stalking the corridors and corridons of the spaceship, the Dalek spaceship, and we have Dalek infiltrators now acting as police officers in London, and we have a companion exit to boot. One (laughs) single serial. This is like a WWF wrestling-style degree of drama. I love it, I love it, I love it. (laughs) And I say that as someone who doesn't like wrestling. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm lowering my score. (laughs) What? I was just about to add point one back in. (laughs) You know why I have just lowered it? I 100% agree with Tegan. Like, when she wants to leave (laughs) at the end of this, 
Yes. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. more so than we normally see, probably, from a companion exit. Like, fuck this shit is <laughs> exactly the mentality <laughs> I feel like you can get on board with. It's like, yeah, I'm back on Earth, and this shit is still following me around. Like, no, no, no. I, I just, I want out. <laughs> You're like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I but this a is million her percent exit. agree with you. This is her exit episode, though. Yeah, and it's great. I, I want to have to scrub through my notes a little bit and try and wrap my brains a bit. But I kind of feel like she's not really in it. There's a moment where I thought that they were going to write her out. Wait, a priori, did you know that this was going to be her exit episode? I accidentally opened Wikipedia to check something ah. uh, in one of the episodes. I, I wasn't right from the start, but yeah, I accidentally got it spoiled early on in watching this. Ah, oh, damn you, Wikipedia! I had no idea. And there was one moment, I, I don't know if this is maybe in episode two. I, oh, oh yeah, we should probably talk about the trivia associated with that at some point. But about, let's say, a third of the way through this serial, there's a bit where she gets knocked unconscious. This is like before she wakes up with the not unit soldiers. And my assumption was, well, they're writing her out. This is yet another one of those cases where... Oh no, well, we don't really know how to write this companion, or we don't care about this companion. We're just gonna have her high heels get stuck in tarmac or something, and now she can't participate in the rest of the serial. Or in this case, she gets knocked out, she's just gonna be asleep and wake up right before the end of part four so that she can travel back in the TARDIS. But I don't think I agree with you, because she wakes up and then has her own separate drama. Just like Turlo has his own separate thing. You know, Turlo's stalking in the corridors, arguably isn't doing tons of stuff but he still interacts with a few characters he's still he's away from the doctor but he does his thing tegan is being held hostage has to interact with not osgood hides a bomb goes to the spaceship i think this is a great episode to end on i just really feel like the bulk of her screen time is that thing with osgood where they do this really weird plan of trying to make a fake tegan in the bed with one of the gas canisters and then deciding, mm. no, that's not going to work. <laughs> Let's just take that out until you can get back in bed and we'll think of something else. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> Which that's, is that's just, a fair argument. What the actual fuck? <laughs> is that the only thing she does, though? It's uh, not the only thing she does, but I feel like that takes up a lot of her screen time, which is there just There is ridiculous. a lot, as we've been saying, there is a lot going on in the serial. And that means we need to devote tons of time to all the different subplots. We need to devote tons of time to different character groups. So the duplicates get lots of time. The whatever. Daleks get lots of time. Davros obviously gets time. Davros gets way more time, for example, than I think possibly even the Doctor. And yada 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 all these groups get time and that's time taken away from characters such as tegan or the companions in general i mean yeah i don't disagree but i feel like that's a problem i feel like i i mean i think we say this on every companion exit serial though which you know it's just like it's never what i want it to be but i feel like you focus on the companion when they're leaving give them a decent send-off yeah but maybe i'm just asking too much like why are we uh, why am i in my mind going adric had a better send-off you know obviously the poor guy died but they wrote it just a better oh sorry go for it sorry i'd say they wrote it for that character to have you know a sacrificial moment and it was impactful and you know all this kind of stuff and tegan just gets to go 
all this stuff that's just happened in the last hour and a half, too much for me. Even though I was only on the sidelines. Nope, fuck that shit. Would you rather exit episode were The Awakening? Do you remember where like they go somewhere to meet her uncle or whatever? Hang on, I've just opened it. Her grandfather. That's right, I thought he was her uncle. It turns out he just looks really good for his age. Would you rather her exit episode were something like that, where there is a personal connection to her? I mean, I'm pretty sure she sticks around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I thought that was a bollocks episode, but yes. (laughs) 100% because yeah you give that 0.6 yeah. <laughs> it has but it has relevance to it you're right like okay. I feel like it was a very shoehorned in part of the plot it's just like oh yeah and yeah. Deacon's granddad's there that's true that's true but, but it so would you still want that personal connection more fitting. something some kind of connection to the main plot or some characters in the plot or something to do with the companion that's leaving rather than this as we often get tacked on at the end companions going because reasons Well, that being said, you did yourself say, and by the way, in brackets, I totally agree with you, you understand why she left. Yeah, but you don't get anything building up to it. You don't get her in those other scenes, like, contemplating leaving, or like... She's having a shit time, man! (laughs) She's been chased by, like, crazy homicidal cops, she's watched a dude who dropped his keys get shot, she's been taken to a spaceship and threatened by robots, she met a weird dude who is, like, half Dalek, half asshole. She's been blasted by lasers, held hostage by not bagels. She shared a bed with what she thought was a bomb. If she even knew that that was a bioweapon, like, she would get tested. Like, not a nice thing to share a bed with. Am I right, podcast lad? Am I right? In in general, <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I think it's pretty clear that her exit is realistic, and even if it's not a good episode, in your opinion, not mine, in your opinion, doesn't that make this a good exit episode? I mean, I dispute the use of the word realistic in anything to do with this serial, <laughs> All of this could totally happen, based on a true story. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I will concede a little bit. The thing that I've, I've actually thought, which settles it a little bit better in my mind, is maybe this is the revenant of companion exits. <laughs> it's like, the, you're just watching revenant. her... She just goes through shit for an hour and a half, and then, and then it ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's my memory of The Revenant, isn't it? It's just watching Leo DiCaprio just being tortured like for two hours straight. Yeah, being attacked by a bear and... Uh, yeah, my, my overwhelming memory of The Revenant is a stunning film, Tom Hardy was better. <laughs> I think that's a great example of an exit episode, man. I, <laughs> I just feel like the things could have been still more directed at her, like... Fine. The, like, I get that. The, the thing with the bobbies, I, I kind of like that. I, I hate that it's one of these, oh, she's escaped and then she's captured again tropes. Like, that's shit. Let's just okay. face it. That's shit. But at least that's a direct thing happening to her. It's her storyline. If they'd done a better scene with, like, the whole hiding the bomb in the, the bed and pretending to be Tegan, like... Maybe I wouldn't be so pissed off with it, but I am pissed off with it. So that's what you get. (laughs) Fair. All fair stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk production value, please? Okay. Surely you must concede that in terms of its production value, this episode is a total overachiever that holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes clearly (laughs) deserves a high rating. (laughs) Clearly, or to redeem itself in your eyes. I mean... 
adults, no. the sets, <laughs> the miniatures. <laughs> I think one of my earlier notes was the miniature of the spaceship. It's not just the usual kind of static spaceship on a stick. It actually did like a little banking. That's right. In, <sighs> which was really oh, nice. Wow. Wait, hang on. Why did I wear skinny jeans today? This, that's <laughs> such a nice scene. <laughs> But then I think that was kind of it from model work, was it? I can't remember. How dare you? How dare you? There are so many occasions where I've just gone into full-on all caps. Almost all of them start with OMG, comma, something. I've got, OMG, I love that spaceship. (laughs) That's the banking scene. I've got, OMG, I love that space station. OMG, I love that docking sequence. OMG, oh yeah, sorry. I've also got, OMG, those lasers are balls. OMG, badass door explosion. OMG, I love the guns and the gas The gas masks, dude. Come on, The gas masks are cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, what else, what else, what else, what else? No, I would concede uh, it's, it's definitely a fairly high production value serial. Those freaking sets are insane, aren't they? I'm trying to think. All the space uh, what, station what? corridors, the everything. I mean, it's corridors. That's the thing. <laughs> like most yeah, of but what they I'm look amazing. Corridors. Okay, the I don't want to call it a cell, but like you know, the picnic freeze box that they're keeping Davros in, with the weird wall that goes up and the smoke and all the little monitors and stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. Amazing. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. The uniforms. Yeah, no, all fine. of the uniforms. I, yeah, I'm not sure about the uniforms. <laughs> if a uniform is making me name the sides based on its color and whether it's a cap or a hat, <laughs> it's probably not great. <laughs> <sighs> okay, fine. Well, I mean, you know what? Uh, I'm happy for us to disagree on that. That's not a problem whatsoever. <laughs> no, I, I would concede that it's a higher production than a lot of Doctor Who serials get. I think it's not without some problems still, but there are some very nice points in it, which you have highlighted, which is good. I would also, not quite like production values, but production side in casting, yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised how diverse the cast was. Unfortunately, yeah, most of the... True non-white characters get killed pretty soon but they're no, in there every, for a, every, wait sorry, everyone gets killed i think everyone gets uh, killed except for Lytton and his two dudes i think and i'm assuming yeah you probably right actually. yeah yeah so fair enough and some of them do survive for a couple of episodes i forget exactly when everyone died but yeah that was cool like the green hat crew you well you had wait, you sorry, had green to... hat crew who are the green hat crew <laughs> i don't view you the know. world through the same lens as you do dude <laughs> Who I are mean, the green The hats? non-Dalek <laughs> people, like, come on. <laughs> the the space people. The yeah, space, space station, station people. people, I mean. Okay, yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. So y- yes, you you're right. Super diverse cast. Very the, good point. The female medical doctor who is keeping Davros alive, basically checking on his vitals, like she's getting a very prominent speaking role straight away. You know, this is Runa Lenska's character. Then you've got the leader guy who is, I mean, I won't, I don't want to try and guess anyone's background, but he's non-white. His like second in command is non-white. There's another female non-white part of that team as well. I think they're the four that are kind of left after the the dark. They're the, the ones who like they're the nerds that I mentioned before, right? Exactly. They're they're like the non-soldier nerd types. <laughs> Relax, podcast land. We have a Doctor Who podcast. We are also nerds. So they they are the nerds who put on uniforms and pretend... Like, they basically John McClane through the corridors later on. They're the ones who head towards the self-destruct. Yeah, they're the ones I'm thinking of. I can't say I really thought of them as nerds. I guess maybe a couple of them didn't strike me as particularly, like, military people. But definitely the guy who was in charge was very... He knew what to do. He knew like they needed to defend the entry point I mean, and they, they could fall yeah, back. And, you know, he had all this kind of strategic 
plans laid out. I guess that's a good point. And also, they... Actually, you know what? You're totally right. Because then when the Daleks breach the the walls, when we have that gorgeous docking sequence, they blast the shit out of a wall or a door or whatever it is. Daleks come out. We have the first encounter of that weird poisonous gas thing. Um, oh, yeah. It's actually those, quote, nerds who put on gas masks and donned lasers and all that stuff. So actually, yeah. you're right. They are not nerds. The reason that I considered them being nerds until you opened my eyes to this is that compared to everyone else, they seem very much like just the staff of a science station to me. I don't see any guards on this space station. People aren't walking around with rifles. No one's wearing uniforms that are anything but, oh, well, you know, I'm fucking, I'm an accountant. Generally, compared to the duplicate troopers, these dudes are dweebs and somehow they are meant to yeah fuck it i don't know what i'm trying to say i love this episode i do I, I kind of get what you're saying i do and i think a lot of that comes from i think that, again the leader character which oh, should really have looked up his name what what are they do you names? remember what he's called no i'm gonna look it up right now because i also want to know this now uh, while i'm looking this up can i just point out we are on 134 resurrection of the daleks this is the anti-penultimate episode of peter davison after this we have mm. two more more episodes that's it that wow. is it donsville pete right i'm gonna find out who these uh, dudes are what their names are so styles is the medical doctor played by ruler lenska and we have lieutenant mercer and he's the head guy isn't he i think i think mercer is the the new dude the dude who's only been there for two days yes that's right mercer has only been there for two days he's like yeah i'm still getting the hang of the place you know i'm getting the lay of the land and whatever he's still bossing people around and then there's osborne who is fabian osborne it turns out i literally did not catch a single one of these names no, fabian no. osborne is the woman he he most interacts with. Okay. I thought that she might be Indian. Sneh Gupta is her name. She is not the character who says her tour is over. <laughs> That's how I'm differentiating the green caps. By the way, looking at these pictures on TARDIS Wikia right now, only now do I realize that they're wearing green. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there's this whole thing that the, the leader, the, what do you say, his lieutenant is new to the station. Lieutenant like, he's, Tyler Mercer. Yeah, so Mercer comes across as in charge, kind of knows what he's doing, like an authority figure. <laughs> Yeah, he bosses people but around. I, yeah, I do get the not very military feeling. And I think the whole concept of them not feeling very military mostly comes from him. Because I think there's quite a few things where he's very reluctant going to the obvious violent action. Or it's like, no, we'll try this well, before doing something. he says stuff like, something. destroy the prisoner. I think that might come later. like, but Or as like a, oh. cause a plan plan B. Like I think quite a lot of the things he says is, well, do this if it doesn't work out. Or, you know, we're going to... So we didn't want to go and... Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, every, everything basically goes wrong, doesn't it? Like they, they lose their, their weapon straight away, so they can't fight back. Yeah. They have to go and repel the invaders. That doesn't work. Then they have to go wage guerrilla warfare, you know. And I think everything was very kind of reluctant because things hadn't gone to plan. And it felt like he wasn't a very capable military person. 
person, but he always kind of like gave off an air of in charge. At least I felt. I, anyway. I agree with you. His name is Tyler Mercer, by the way. And I mean, Mercer to me, I'm saying this mostly just because I'm seeing it written on my screen right now. I, I didn't remember his name. I, I didn't register any of these characters' names. But Mercer makes me think of mercenary, which makes me think of, plus he's wearing green. You know, like camouflage. But Tyler, in the episode Dalek Invasion of Earth, one of the main dudes who stood up to the Daleks was also named Tyler. And I wonder if this is a bit of a, an homage to that. Because this dude, Mercer, Tyler Mercer, this is the dude I thought was the worst actor, by the way. But aside oh, from really? that, I think he is an utter badass as a character. That's interesting. I didn't really think positively or negatively about him. I just felt like he was there. <laughs> like he was performing okay, his job. <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask, you were using a few names here. Rula Lenska, you mentioned. And I feel like you mentioned Rula Lenska like you knew who that was. I don't know who that is. Is this a familiar person to you? Yeah, she's been around TV and I think it is mainly TV actually for a long time. And I think people who grew up in Britain or with like 80s, 70s British TV would recognize her, that's for sure. I have okay. her Wikipedia entry open. She is most known for, I think it's EastEnders, is one of the soaps. Oh, she's one of those. Right, okay. So she's like, been in that's... people's living rooms for years and years. Oh, no, it's Coronation Street, sorry. Right. Corey. <laughs> I've heard people refer yeah. to it as that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, she's <laughs> done She's done a lot of stuff, though. I don't know what you might have heard of. Something like, probably only one-off episodes, but like One Foot in the Grave, Casualty, Space 1999. Oh my goodness, I loved Space 1999. In uh, Sweden, it was known as Moonbase Alpha. Oh, nice. <laughs> actually, was in EastEnders <laughs> as well. And, Easty! Uh, I've not heard anyone refer to it as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coronation Street. Oh, I, don't know. I think she had a bit of a reputation as well for playing, I don't know if it's femme fatales, but you know, quite gung-ho characters. I don't think I've actually seen her in any of those roles other than this one. But she's, you know, okay. someone you see on on big and small screen quite frequently, I feel. And I knew her name. Like, I, I don't think it came to me. But as soon as I saw entry, like, that was who she was. I was like, oh, yeah, Rudolanska. I know that really well. But could not tell you exactly why. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. But she's not alone, actually. Rodney Buse, I recognise him as well. He plays Stein. Yeah, he's Captain Earring. Yeah, Captain Earring. He is most known probably to a lot of people from the likely lads which is a mid-60s thing and then it came back in the 70s of whatever happened to the likely lads which i think i've seen some little bits of here and there but he popped up in quite a few things as well like he's one of these ones that started off in zed cars and dixon of dot green oh, okay. which are all these I think they're BBC. I don't know. But British stuff in the 60s that a lot of people refer to, which I've never seen any of them. But he, I very much recognized as well. And again, don't really know why. Just He's just appears he's in one lots of, those, of stuff. He has one of those faces, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I really knew people from the cast. Fine. <laughs> uh, I recognize no one here. I wonder if it's better to be on your side of the table in this case, where you're like, oh, well, these are celebs and they're doing stuff like the equivalent of like, oh, well, that's Dame Judi Dench and that's Nigel Hawthorne and, like, you know, uh, or that's <laughs> a green cap, number two, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how big names they would have been at the time, presumably reasonably large. Like, I'm pretty sure. Sure, the Lightly Lads was a big show for the stakes of British television, whatever that might mean. And 
it was only a decade before, so you would expect a lot of the audience to kind of recognize him and go, or even maybe they've advertised it in the Radio Times. Maybe that's drawing people in. Who knows? Right. I would like to launch into a tiny bit of trivia, uh, and I'm just going to read this out loud. I don't know. Did you look at trivia for this episode? I read Wikipedia and I didn't find a lot, to be honest, but hit okay. me. Okay. So I, I'm just going to read this off Todd's Wiki. I didn't check Wikipedia or IMDb this time, but I'm going to read this off Todd's Wiki verbatim. Let's just see what you think of this. Personally, I think this is freaking hilarious, Lloyds. The story was originally supposed to have been directed by Peter Grimwade. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a very quick detour and say Peter Grimwade, we've encountered him before. Obviously, he was a production assistant on a whole bunch of different episodes, Behead from Space, Daemon's Robot, yada, yada, yada. He directed Full Circle, Logopolis, Kinder, and Earthshock. Earthshock was badass, also a companion exit. He was the writer on Time Flight, Modern Undead, and Planet of Fire, wrote a bunch of novels, yada, yada, yada. Uh, total ledge, okay? When the story was postponed, because of the Olympics, I think, Grimwade took members of the production team out to dinner, but did not invite John Nathan Turner, JNT, because he had intended to take Nathan Turner out separately. However, Nathan Turner felt slighted by the omission and refused to allow Grimwade to direct the story when it was rescheduled for season 21. Matthew Robinson, who had never worked on the series before, but had a reputation as an action director, was used instead. However, Eric Saward had already promised Grimwade that he could provide a script for the season, so Grimwade was allowed to write the following story, Planet of Fire. So this could have been a very different serial had Grimwade just added one more plate at the dinner table. <laughs> or to put it the way I see this, if John Nathan was Turner <laughs> wasn't a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the weird gas that the Daleks deploy oh, yeah, of on course. the humans? Yeah, do it. Like I kind of liked it, but then... Uh, Again, it sort of fizzled out, and I was just like, okay, what the fuck was that? <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed to be contagious, or at least people thought it was contagious. Oh, right. Yes, you're right, because what's-her-face? We just had their names. I, I've already closed the Osborne? tab. Osborne? But Osborne, yes, thank you, walks back. She's like, no, 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 don't come near me, yada, 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 when what's-his-face is even infected. She shoots him, doesn't she? Rather than letting oh, him shit, come Oh, shit, you're right! Yes! And then she gets shot immediately afterwards when they come through the Oh my god, such a good serial. Yes, you're right. <laughs> like that's that's some dark shit. That that was quite a cool scene actually. Damn right just, it was. I don't know. Maybe maybe I was just expecting a little bit too much, but it, it felt like weirdly disconnected from where we see the kind of gas grenade thrown and then there's a weird yeah. kind of panning to one of the guys that got killed and his face is all deformed and you're like, oh, okay, that must be in the gas canister. And then it's like five scenes later or something, the guy whose name I've forgotten is just like being a bit quiet and she goes, what's wrong? And he turns around and is like, my face. Just, <laughs> what the fuck is happening to me? Is this Mercer? It's like, oh, holy shit, look at my hands. I mean, th there are, I think, two things I want to point out about this. One, is it not, this is my only written observation about this, but Daleks are space Nazis. They are in-your-face Nazis. In fact, they are explicitly the Nazis of Whovian space. That's mm. right. That's what they are. To also give them gas is, I don't know if that's incredibly on the nose or 
very appropriate or in rather poor taste. I don't know, but I feel like it's one of those three. It certainly was the first thing that sprang to mind for me. That's the only thing I wrote down about it. The second thing is, I think we get, I can't remember which character this is, but I think we get a comment about the gas and the gas mask in particular, which is incredibly topical for what we have been experiencing for the past two years. <laughs> for context, future archaeologists who unearthed this podcast episode from the rubbles of whatever remains of our civilization, we just experienced COVID-19. Still are. One of the, I think this is the non-green uniform-wearing scientist, takes off her gas mask and says something like, I can't breathe with that thing on. I would rather die from the gas than suffocate wearing this mask. Y- you know what I mean? That brings a vague bell, yeah. And I right? definitely see the parallel. <laughs> right. Or if there are any COVID-19 denying, mask refusing shit wankers in our audience right now. And to be clear by shit wankers, uh, what I mean is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Draw your own conclusions. Stop listening. And that's exactly what you're like. This is what we've been hearing all these people doing all this time. Like, oh, I, I can't hear what people are saying. Like, oh, my nose gets really warm. My, my glasses steam up. Yada, yada, yada. I, I'm not going to wear this gas mask. There's a fucking crazy killer Dalek poisonous gas out there. Maybe wear a mask. Yeah. Anyway, that was my second observation. I think either the Martini or the Martinez has just hit. I am on top of the world, buddy. Yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. I think the sad thing is it's Styles that says that and it's Mercer that ends up getting infected. Oh, well. Oh, well, I mean, that's the tragedy of it. You know what? That's exactly the tragedy of COVID-19 as well. People who don't (laughs) wear the mask don't realize that they wear the mask for the benefit of others, not for themselves. Wow, yeah. Ultimately, this whole serial is about the current global pandemic. They did some real time travel shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I need another beer. That's what I need. And I need another cocktail. I don't know which one, but I need another cocktail. Should we just chill and sit back and, you know, watch the trailer or something and just refresh our drinks? I think that sounds like a lovely idea. Yes, let's do that. Hello, Chameleon. Greetings, Fislotello. How was Earth? Fine and fine. Just fine. Where is Miss Teakin? Oh, she's not coming. She's decided she's had enough. That is too bad. I will miss her. Will you miss her as well? Miss isn't the word. We were finally starting to get along, you know. I was even thinking of asking her on a date. But you didn't. No, no, I'm too much of a coward. Turlo the coward. The women see that and they run the other way. I tried. I tried with her, but I... Struck out. Well, it's a very unflattering earth term, but I suppose it's fitting. I mean, she was my best chance. Young, virile man, just just look at the suit. With a beautiful woman roaming around the universe, alone with the Time Lord? I don't know why, but it just never seemed like she was interested. Like any kind of a relationship was not worth anything to her. I mean, I tried, but nothing. And now she's gone. No, I guess I'm just destined to be alone. 
I think the only way I'll ever get a chance to be with a beautiful woman now is if I happen to just find one half drowning in the middle of the ocean. And she's so grateful that she lets me carry her half-unconscious body back to my bedroom. Even then, though, I'm sure something would probably distract me, and I'll strike out yet again, as you say. I didn't. What? Strike out. With Tegan? You? Really? I am a telepathic humanoid, able to shapeshift in any way you like. She barely let me rest. Well, that explains why you were always too tired to go adventuring. Even with nuclear-powered batteries, I had trouble keeping up. I guess it also explains the funny walk. Now that she's gone, I can finally get some rest. I suspect it will take me quite a while to get back to full power. I'm so burned out, all my gyros ache. This cable you see connected from the TARDIS to my groin is connected both to the power systems and the coolant system. It is the equivalent of a feeding tube and an ice pack. I scream every time I connect it up. But I'm in so much pain, it's the only thing that helps. Funky Films presents the story of a companion and his companion traveling together in a barren universe looking for companionship. It's the story of a boy and his droid. First the master, then Miss Tegan. I don't think I can take this anymore. Chameleon, you dirty dog. No, wait, I didn't mean that literally. A boy and his droid, coming soon to a theater near you. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Wowzers. My trousers have been blown <laughs> off with that trailer. Gotta get to the cinema to see that. Holy moly. <laughs> You're still wearing your trousers? A-, a big thank you again to the Zunmeister himself, Peter Zunich, for this fabulous little interlude you've just had your earballs caressed with. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Peter. That is some freaking crazy, amazing, hilarious stuff. Let me clarify, I listened to this the first time last night, and today had the pleasure, before we press record, of watching, not hearing, but watching, watching Jim listen to it and laughing his ass off. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Nice stuff. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, well, this is the R-minis section of the podcast. I serotypically put my finger on my nose before Leon noticed, so he's going first. That's right, that's right, because you're a sneaky mofo. Here we go. Right, where are my bullets? Here are they are. Here are they are. Well, this bodes well. My English is going (laughs) straight out the window. Are they are, are, are. So, (laughs) here are they are. So, here we go. I love this episode. Like, let me just clarify that. If that hasn't been made clear over the past hour and a half or however long this episode has been to date post-edit, I love this episode. The Doctor is an utter badass. Where is Peter Davison and what have you done to him, Peter Davison? Because this dude is incredible. He pulls a gun on a Dalek. He fires two different weapons. He is, like, commanding and is taking names and kicking ass. Not in that order. Amazing. And I love him. I, I think he's absolutely fabulous. Very competent, very take charge, very entertaining and compelling on screen. The companions, well, okay. Let me reiterate my previous sentiment. Who is this dude and what has he done with Turlo? Because Turlo is resourceful, sympathetic. He is quite frankly cool in this one. He's even fun. He drops 
like a, a casual McLean one-liner at one point. He cares about Tegan in a way that I've not seen him care about Tegan before. I wonder if that's because Tegan's leaving. What about Tegan, you ask? Good question. Love Tegan in this, contrary to some other people I'm recording this review with. I think she's fabulous. I think she wait, has wait, tons to wait. do, and I, I think did, she's... Did not say oh, didn't like Tegan. Hey. <laughs> Okay. Oh, sorry. 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 Okay. Well, uh, I got ahead of myself. I misread you there. I, I apologize. I think Tegan's fantastic in this one. And I think this is a fantastic one for Tegan. I'm with what you said before. I wish she had had more to do. But what she gets to do, I think, is complex. It is interesting, but it may not be as much as it ought to be for a final episode, for a farewell episode. But Dag Nabitz, uh, I am enthralled. Love it. And I'm going to miss her very much. What about the foe, I hear you ask next? Well, which one, Gonzalez? Because that's a very complex question to answer. Daleks, love him. Davros, love him. On a serious note, by the way, about uh, Davros, Pretty sure the director just told him to straight up act like Hitler. All the screaming, all the shouting. When he, quote, dies, he literally stretches out his right arm. I feel like there was a note here. The duplicates. Freaking amazed tits idea. I love it. A million times better than the Dalek puppets, in my humble opinion. Love them. Production value. Sets are utterly amazing. So many explosions. Sexy, I mean creepy Dalek prop that strangles you. Helmet heads. Literally... For production value alone, I would give this a 5.0. This is a perfect production. (laughs) The greatest assets of this episode. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to cherry pick a... Well, you know what? I will cherry pick a... Sorry. Yeah. To clarify, I will... (laughs) I'm going to cherry pick one of the many greatest assets because I'm incapable of ranking them even in this ranking section of the podcast. So I'm just going to highlight the fact that this is some R-rated shiznit. People are dying left, right, and center. This is something that I didn't realize that I was missing in Doctor Who until this episode. And maybe it's just because it's so goody two-shoes, or it's been so goody two-shoes with the fifth Doctor to date, that now all of a sudden when it's turning into freaking Rambo in space... I am wholly on board. What about uh, the biggest flaw? Well, I think the biggest flaw is that a considerable chunk of the the actors here can't act. I assume half of the cast members are in it solely because they won some sort of competition. But you know what? I can live with that. Main takeaway, sorry everyone in this episode, main takeaway is that I think this is very interesting. There just might be a little bit too much going on in it. Too many plot lines and too little time to resolve even nearly enough of them. So with that in mind, uh, come on, just make this a season-long arc, please. Oh, uh, what was that you just said? Is it too late because of the linearity of time? Well, go to hell then, because before we pressed record on this thing, I had written down, I kid you not, 4.8 for this serial. And... As I am a man of my word, not once, but twice did I subtract 0.1 from this, and consequently, I'm giving this a 4.6. Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) I'm so pleased with myself right now. (laughs) I'm very happy you are. Holy moly. Well done. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm very confused, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) 
Good stuff. Thank you for that, Mr. Leon. Okay. Thanks. How do I follow that? Well, I can follow up with the, the way I've broken this down, which is into some thumbs ups and some thumbs downs. And hmm. I have been frantically kind of adding to this list as you were talking, I must admit. And I've, I've taken on board what you've been saying as well. So production values. Yeah, I'm putting that as a thumbs up. I think you are right. There is a high production level here. There's some interesting stuff. Nice. There's maybe some weird things going on as well, but generally good. The diverse cast. I think in a serial that everyone gets killed off anyway, you're right. It doesn't matter so much that a lot of them get killed off earlier, but they're there. A female, not companion of the week, but like main character of the week who's getting a lot of screen time. There are non-white people, which is just basically unheard of in Doctor Who up to this point. And yeah, it's great that they're trying to do a little bit more in the 80s. And we had this intriguing character of Lytton, which I, I will put as a thumbs up. Like, it is intriguing. I'm glad it's there. I think, again, as with a lot of it, it's underdeveloped, underdelivered. But it gets it gets a thumbs up, definitely. And I give, I give a little thumbs up to Davros, because his whole kind of subplot of I'm being betrayed by the Daleks, and I know I'm being betrayed by the Daleks, and then he starts recruiting people by like taking them over one by one. I super enjoyed that. I felt like it was very satisfying to see Davros having like a a mini plan actually properly functioning. And, you know, for a moment, Davros is coming out on top and it it felt good for that character. And the scene with Doc confronting Davros, yeah, that's a thumbs up too. Like there was maybe bookended, I think like the, the lead into it and the lead out of it was maybe a little bit weak, but the actual Doc pointing a gun at Davros... Like, yeah, tension in the room and holy fuck, this is some serious shit going on. Yeah. We probably should have talked yeah. about that, really. But, you know, it was good stuff. Yeah, can we put a pin in that? Because let's before we go into Listener Minis, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off there, but before we go into Listener Minis, let's just have a super quick chat about that. Yeah, well. why not? And, and this is just random notes. It's not, not covering everything, but that's where I'm stopping with my thumbs up. Like, now I'm getting into my thumbs down. And yes, we've got poor acting. You accept that as well. We know that's happening. You can put it aside. I can't so much. Like, I was laughing at some of this, like, which is, you know, not what I should be doing. I should be on board and enjoying i don't understand like okay let me just read my notes as they're in what's with the duplicates why do the daleks hate davros why does Lytton talk about the daleks turning on their human helpers if he's a duplicate did he break his programming or is he just a sadistic bastard who knows serial doesn't tell us doesn't even hint at it it's just like what the fuck yeah anyway <laughs> so there's just that's just one little clump of like what the fucks then there's the the much larger what the fuck of just it's just a really wandering plot in a lot of senses like it's going here with doc being duplicated to go and get the high council whilst over there dalek's trying to get a thing from davros and then sideways it's davros trying to get a crew to get back from the daleks and i'm and we never see that play out in any form. It's just a little bit of one-upmanship of like, oh, now I've got a few people on my side. Oh, no, now we need to take out the Daleks that are working for Davros. And it's like, it felt like there was no end game there anyway. It was just kind of like a weird stalemate chess game whilst the real plot is happening where they're all going to die. I don't know. It was just all over the shop. And I was just like not entirely along for the ride and then amongst all that we have slightly minor things but things that really bug me when i'm not particularly enjoying the serial as well as i could be anyway like davros's rants about the daleks evolving to become the supreme beings like there's definitely two of them maybe even three i forget now 
but it just turns him a little bit like two-dimensional which is a real shame like i said like there's there's a real plus point with davros in this deal and i get your point that maybe someone gave directorial notes of like just be hitler which yeah it's a little too on the nose like you know maybe add... bear in mind this is a new davros actor yeah i don't care like it's a character that we, we okay. know like you still That's and, true. and That's yes true. and i get that this is the, what the character tends to do as well but like at, it was at least twice like i say maybe three times of just like let's zoom in on davros as he his shouting gets more and more incoherent <laughs> and jim has to pause it to actually rewind and hear what the hell he's saying because the actor's just lost the ability to speak amongst the bile that's coming out <laughs> and it's just like no this is just too much this is just like chewing the wall overacting anyway and yeah minor things as well like you know doc shooting guns it was super undone immediately by doc kind of like handing over the gun as if it's like a snotty tissue wrapper it was just like oh no don't don't touch that but it's still, it just always yeah. irks me, the whole dock and guns thing. And no, just if you can avoid putting it in a seal, avoid putting it in a seal. So, oh God. So. Like I generally, I found this quite a hard thing to put a number two at the start. But my ultimate feeling is it's one of those frustrating ones where there's potential there. But what I watched, I didn't fully enjoy and... It could have been done so much better. There's some good ideas, but it could have been done better. I originally had a 2.7. Oh my God. <laughs> Pausing <laughs> entirely just for that reaction. I, I ended yep. up just feeling it's just a tiny bit below average. So I gone 2.4. What? Two point wait, I talked you down? I kind of talked myself down. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't talk you up. 2.4. Yeah. Oh yeah, you. When you said your uh, original well, was four point eight, I was quite quite amused. It's like, oh my god, you had <laughs> <Twice>. double. Twice. <laughs> that I, that's incredible. Is this the greatest discrepancy between our ratings to date on Who Back When? It might be. Oh, it's possible. We we will see. <laughs> Someone in podcast land might know. If I'm wrong about that, let us know. I'm pretty sure that that is the biggest discrepancy. I'm flabbergasted, dude. I am absolutely flabbergasted. <laughs> I mean... So so we did put a pin. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, sorry, it's go good to the pin. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to justify my rating. People have heard for the last hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, no. It, dude, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> The pin that we put was the doctor pulling a gun on Davros and effectively being ready to kill everyone. Yeah, he. I mean, he goes the, out. The doctor releases the poison and everything. Yeah, I mean, he kills all the Daleks. In fact, I never quite understood what... Yeah, we didn't even touch on this, like, why da Davros was affected by it. Like, Davros is very confused why he's affected by it. Yeah, Davros doesn't seem to realize that his lower half is Dalek. <laughs> and I've... This episode seems to confuse the Dalek that's inside of the tank with the tank itself, very much like many people in the audience. And I, I mean, a general misconception is that the Dalek is the thing itself. A Dalek has a plunger and a whisk. But actually, that's just a tank. That's just a shell. But this is the a serial... Dalek is the sexy squid inside of it. This is the serial that shows the Dalek squid attacking people, which I don't recall seeing before. Yeah, it's so hot. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it, it felt very Chibbers, right? It felt very Chibnall-esque, didn't it? No, I, I do. I As find in this... rather, Chibnall feels very... Yeah, exactly. I find this super interesting, actually. Like, the more classic I watch, 
you start to see all the things that New Who is mm-hmm. drawing upon, which is it's weird seeing it in reverse. But yeah, like in this serial, we see the Dalek creature more than we normally see. Yeah. But at the Definitely. same time, they make that mistake of, yeah, like the only conclusion I can draw is that Davros is human looking to his belly button and then has like... Yep. Little squid Dalek underneath. That's I, I was just gonna say he is half squid. <laughs> that's all he is from now. Do you remember in Genesis of the Daleks? Because that's basically the parallel that we need to make. Like, why is Doc willing to kill all the Daleks here? He's willing to put a gun to or a rifle or whatever it is to Davros's head. But in Genesis of the Daleks, he was like, I can't do this. That's this is terrible. And I guess in Destiny of the Daleks as well, because he didn't murder Davros then either. But I guess what we need to remember is that in Genesis of the Daleks, Davros creates the Daleks by sort of circumventing the natural evolution of his species, the Carleds, and just super duper irradiating certain specimens in order to create what the Carleds would eventually evolve into anyway, and then popping them in these tanks. So I guess what he did was he just put his lower half in a microwave, <laughs> like really nuked his dick and balls. Are you saying? And then. Basically, he was bored (laughs) and he shoved his dick in the radiation machine. (laughs) Okay. Okay, okay, right. Uh, Let's see if Podcast Land makes any mention of dick, balls, or microwave in their listener minis. If they do, then... Yeah, I've read them. I know the answer. I think we should award some prizes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Let's. Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Oi, oi, you lucky people. You made it to the listener minis section of this podcast episode. Well done, well done, my son. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. Okay, but yeah, listener minis. <laughs> Holy moly, do we have a yeah. shit? Do we have one of them or two of them? No, uh, you know a shitload. What do we have between three and fourteen of What's them? What's the conversion rate? Shitload to to new money. <laughs> We don't have 14. We don't have 15. We have how many gym cakes? Uh, is it 234? That's right. We have 16 listener right, minis yeah, yeah. today. Yikes, caramba. Sorry, I, I forgot to carry the two. Yeah. Yes, that's a lot of listener <laughs> minis. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, everyone. Oh, my Gorgeous. Goodness. Wonderful, generous people out there in podcast land. So we, as is our want, will... Read a few of you out in your gloriously full splendor. And that's right. The others, we've got some choice snippets to offer up as just a little taster, you know, just to get your taste buds that's right. percolating on your tongue. It's just like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. I must go to Hubak Wen to find out more. But first, we are going to start with a full one from none other than second time reviewer, Jeffro Roos. Jethro Roos! Hello, Jethro! Ah, okay, wait, 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 dude, I'm thinking Abba, voulez-vous? Okay, Jethro Roos! Uh-huh, Jethro Roos, uh-huh, Jethro Roos. I'm doing a dance, Jethro, you can't see this, I'm doing a dance. Like, he was out of his seat. I mean, it was incredible. But yes, welcome to the classic channel, Jethro. And I'm going to read out your lovely words so other people can hear them. My dear old things, Jeffro starts. My dear old Jeffro, I have succumbed and subscribed to BritBox. I am fortune's fool. I mean, have words with Michael Ridgway on how that goes. Anyway, here is a list of things (laughs) I loved about Resi of the D-Dogs. Number one. The, 
the Metropolitan Police doing Metropolitan Police things. That's, thank you. Here's my friend who agrees with me. <laughs> Jethro continues, hats, glorious hats for everyone. Turlo Wan Kenobi. So appropriate that you got that one, by the way. <laughs> 1980s Osgood and the escape from Alcatraz cylinder bed trick. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Stein's perfect hair. Stein's road warrior hawk level of no selling getting shot in the face. You might need to Google that. Hashtag wrestle speak. I will be Googling that. Thank you very much, Jethro. <laughs> Next up, we have Dalek Corona makes you jizz like Niagara Falls. Where can I get one? And last up in the likes list, Davros having a drug-fueled sex heart attack jizzing like Niagara Falls. (laughs) Wow. But is Jethro a fan of everything, Jim? No. In fact, he provided us with things I wasn't a fan of. How convenient. Yes, for our pleasure. (laughs) The first one being the amount of spectacularly shit falling over. I presume that's a reference to all the death scenes. (laughs) Presumably, yeah. (laughs) The even shitter gums. Beg to differ, Jethro. Beg to differ. As a side, I definitely felt like laser sound effects and even Dalek sound effects were just bollocks in this serial. They're often missing. Like, there are lots of bits where there's no effect. There's someone just holding what looks to me like an awesome prop, you know, a gun prop, and... I'm assuming off mic going, pachooey, pachooey. <laughs> no, but nothing's coming out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bollocks. Anyway, the last thing that Jeffro wasn't a fan of is a good going romp of a story which flew by in a bottle of vino collapso. <laughs> Which I can interpret about different, 50 different ways. And they're all good, Jeffro. Thank you. Uh, so what rating does Jeffro give this, my dear Leon? Well, he gives it a 3.8 out of 5. Thank you very much, Jethro. Holy smokeroodies and cheesecakes. Thank you very much. People who are not Jethro can, of course, follow Jethro on Twitter. He can be found at uh, what, Jim? He can be found at Jethro underscore Bruce. That's right. And I would like to issue a corrigendum and apology. The last time I believe I said, head on over to the plow outside Cambridge, a, a pub that, that Jethro Roos works at. Nay, nay, I tell thee, don't go to the plow. It is a far inferior establishment. Instead, head on over to the Hare and Hounds in Halton. That's where you'll find Jethro Roos. He's amazing, as is the pub. It's the Hare and Hounds like where it sounds like funds abound yeah pound for pound and all around at the hare and hounds you'll never frown head on over there thank you very much jethro <laughs> <laughs> the rhymes will increase in quality i assure you <laughs> i honestly don't know what just happened do we need to put a product placement warning now what have you done you've sold out man <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's all them sweet, sweet hare and hounds bucks coming our yeah. way. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you very much, Jethro. Yeah, thank you. It's Mr. Not Sure If We Have a Song for This, Dan from Devon. It's Dan from Devon. Mm, it's Dan from Devon. Hello, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure if we have a song from this. Dan from Devon. You just told him that. <laughs> Yeah, that was latter-day Johnny Cash. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) So what does Dan say? 
Dan says, hi, Jim and Leon. Hi, Dan from Devon. Hello, Dan from Devon. It's been a while. So many great things about this cereal, says Dan. And yet so many really not great things, too. I can't stand the confusion in my mind. Dan lists a paragraph's worth of likes. Doc is in his best run of form, keeping up the energy and grim determination he showed in Frontios. But what's with all the gun-toting suddenly? Terry Malloy and Maurice Colburn are terrific, giving Davison strong opposition to rise to. The sets and location filming look great as do the effects. I particularly love the alien-esque roaming mutant. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. super hot. The pacing and music ramp up the tension nicely, and the denouement between Doc and Davros is one of Five's defining moments. I mean, that's a good chunk of likes, but we do get some mm. boos from Dan. And they go like this. Rodney Buse is terribly miscast and either over or underplays every line he's given. That's what we said! (laughs) (laughs) The companions spend too much of their time just pottering about or having a little lie down. The level of mid-80s gore does tip over the line for a family show and there's no excuse for those mudlarker murdering policemen. Also, is it just me that finds it distracting that the battle-weary soldiers from the future have permanently immaculate makeup and nail polish? Overall, says Dan, this story stands out as one of the better productions of the era, but one that leans too heavily on violence and forgets that the Doctor is there to come up with clever, weaponless ways to avoid bloodshed. I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah. And Dan gives us the most appropriate quote. Dark, isn't it? And then we are left with a rating, Leon? Of 2.6 bubble wrap popping duplication couches out of 5. <laughs> Excellent rating system, Dan. Very Fantastic. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, a very a nice, mini, thank very you nice very score you got there, Dan, as well, making me feel very comfortable. And yeah, well, I mean, it's about points. 1.0 off. Yes, you can't follow Dan online, but I don't know, go to Devon, see if you just stand around and shout Dan and he might pop up. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Why, it's Derek Moore. Hello, Derek. Mm, more, please. Derek starts. We have entered a personal landmark for me. This is the first Doctor Who story I remember watching as an eight or nine-year-old. Whoop, whoop. Little cheer train for Derek's first remembrance of Doctor <laughs> Who. Whoop, whoop. Frankly, says Derek, I'm surprised I still watch Doctor Who after this because, well, the story is... The Doctor and his friends meet some new people, and they all die. The Doctor even uses a gun in this one. What the fuck? I can honestly say I've seen this one about three or four times more as an adult, and I still only understand about 20% of the plot of this story. I'm not even sure why the time corridor exists. You, me, and Leon, all three. (laughs) Oh, dude, don't put me in that group. Uh, This is crystal clear. Derek, what are you talking about? (laughs) Doesn't Doctor Who already have enough corridors? says Derek. (laughs) Okay, fine, fair point. (laughs) Derek concludes with, yet despite all of this, The Fifth Doctor is my first watched and still favourite. Why? I'll tell you in a couple of series as he kicks time-travelling ass towards the end of his tenure. Sentimentality adds two stars to my rating, so Resurrection of the Daleks gets a total of (gasps) two stars. (laughs) Well, the good news is I get to listen to your awesome review of it anyway. Oh, that's very nice of you, Derek. Thank you very much. (laughs) Wait, Derek was about to give this zero zero out of zero. That's, uh, sorry, zero out of five. That's a crazy, crazy rating. Derek, 
I'm so glad that sentimentality took over. <laughs> uh, Derek, I think you've made my night. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> People who are not Derek, go to at Derek. Whoever has that handle on Twitter, tell them, get out of the way and make some space for Derek Moore, because Derek Moore is not on Twitter as far as we're aware, and he is awesome. Thank you very much for your (laughs) mini, Derek. Disclaimer, please don't go harass random people on Twitter. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it, just do it. Okay, uh, a slight little tangent here. We received a email from Daniel Green, which... Hello, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Yes. Should have been a, re- a review. Slightly missed the deadline. I feel like maybe Daniel did himself a little reminder. Draft email. Didn't get enough time to write the review. But he did write us some gushing praise, which I'm b- still blushing from, having read it like 10 minutes ago. Daniel, you're a chap. It, same. Thank you so much. An absolute dude. A total chap. Daniel, thank you so much for listening. I'm assuming slash hoping that you're listening to this episode right now. Play five. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. And we will move on to the next review that we're reading still in full. And that is Kristaps Paddock. What up, Kristaps Paddock? Hello, Kristaps. Kristaps starts. I had this on VHS. And as a result, it was one of the first series I remember watching. Frankly, it's a wonder I ever watched more. Oh my goodness, this is like deja vu. (laughs) Kudos to the PBC for casting some black actors, but that's about the only redeeming aspect here. It's dark, grim, and brutal, possibly the most so of any classic Doctor Who serial. Whoa, big words. And Kristaps continues (laughs) in this mini that undoubtedly is going to end in at least a (laughs) 4.6. It's a crap Dalek story, he says. It's a crap Davros story. Tegan gets a crap send-off, and the Doctor is so casually violent that he's nearly unrecognizable at times. Unfortunately, this story heralds more of what is to come. Yes. The Caves of Androzoni is one of Classic Who's greatest serials, but Colin Baker's tenure sees more stories like this one. Yes. 2.1, says Chris Dabbs. I probably ought to rate it lower. Wow. No, you ought not, Chris Dabbs. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully disagree. JK, fantastic. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. And obviously you're entitled to your own opinion, even if it is wrong. I don't think it's wrong, Chris Dabbs. I'm totally on board with you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But yeah, Thank you very much, good Chris stuff. Really good Well stuff. summarized, hit all the points I feel like needed to be hit. And many do need to be hit in this serial. Okay, so, so who's next, Jim Cakes? We're in the realms of, yeah, little snippets from... The likes of Stephen from Canada. From Canada. Hello, Stephen. There's a little snippet in the middle of Stephen's review. And the first bit we've got is costumes are cool, but it's strange how everyone either looks like a sci fi Peter Pan or a bootleg samurai. Green hats and black caps. (laughs) told you (laughs) (laughs) that's all right that's so right well done david also says i know it's a bit out of character but the surreal image of the doctor popping caps in a dalek mutant with a real world pistol was metal af though it makes his hesitancy to kill davros a bit unbelievable very good point Mm. very good point Stephen. that is a good point and Stephen leaves us with this this is another instance where i award the increasingly less rare Five little blue egg things out of five. Uh, That's right. That is right, Stephen from Canada. 
am thrilled beyond belief at the accuracy of this rating. People who are not Stephen, please go to S and the reaction and tell Stephen how right he is in brackets very amazing stuff and also head on over to whobackone.com read his mini in its full splendor because we did only just snip snippity snip 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 this one indeed who we got next then thank you very much Stephen next up we've got Kieran Evans hello Kieran hello Kieran among other things Kieran says oh wow so many plot lines so many deaths Welcome to the story with the highest on-screen body counts. Logopolis has the highest conceptually. Yeah, this is a grim one. And yeah, so many plot lines, it weighs itself down. Then we skip really the meat of Kieran's <laughs> review. Which so, you're going to have to go to back on the call. Yeah, exactly. We give you just the summary. <laughs> Four. Where Kieran is debating yeah. what to give this. I don't know. The Dalek action is great. Some of the best we've had for ages. But it's all too grim and messy mm. no with this conundrum <laughs> kieran settles on 3.1 out of five with a question mark in brackets <laughs> yeah which i think means it's either 3.1 or 4.6 kieran excellent excellent <laughs> excellent stuff please podcast land head on over to booback1.com read kieran's mini in his full splendor read all of these minis in their full splendor it is freaking crazy good and while you're at it, head on over to Twitter and find Kieran there as well. He can be high-fived where, Jim? Why, of course, at KJ Evans too. <laughs> That's right. For all your Evan needs. Yeah, I'm not letting that one Once. go. I've noticed in the new Who <laughs> channel, he's back to KJ Evans. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that Drew? That's Drew, isn't it? Classic Drew. That's because Drew is starting his own competing electric van yeah, yeah, company. Yeah, I know it's okay. <laughs> That's right. Be on your guard, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> Who, who's next? Why, it's that delicious flavor of Ed Corbett. <laughs> it's Ed Corbett or Ed Corbett. It's one of those. That's right, it's Ed. Hello, Ed. Hello there, Ed. <laughs> That little ditty makes us both dance. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Next time I'm recording video as well. Ed says, among other things, one of the issues I remember people raising with the Daleks in this era is that they are subservient and second fiddle to Davros. While in this story, they pander to Davros. They certainly don't serve him. I enjoy the power struggle between them with Lytton in the middle trying to be the sane one while not getting exterminated. Hmm, interesting point. I think I probably agree with that, actually. Yeah, same. Another little bit of cut, and then we get to Ed's observation of, I noticed that when being brain scanned, the doctor has teeth fillings, which means nice. he can only access 20th century dental care, and either teeth don't regenerate, or the fifth doc has a serious sugar addiction brackets yeah maybe over analyzing <laughs> i disagree with the brackets section of that paragraph because don't we actually get to see doc pouring like a crazy amount of sugar into his tea at some point i feel like that's matt smith oh quite possibly yeah and in addition to that we also get to see hartnell in the gunfighters the serial, the gunfighters, go to Doc Holiday and have a tooth extracted. And that tooth presumably does regenerate into one of Peter Davison's 20th century teeth. <laughs> 
Good stuff. Yeah, makes sense. So what did Ed actually give this as a rating? Just a smidge less than this episode is worth. Ed gave this 4.3 out of 5. Mm-mm. Very good rating, though, Ed. Very good. Peeps who are not Ed, you should go to bed. No, you should go to the website. Read this mini in its full splendor. Thank you, And then Ed. go to bed because it's late. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. <laughs> Next. Why, you've already heard his voice. It's the Zoonmeister himself. Peter, who was so absolutely badass that not only did he send in that terrific bit of audio that you heard before, and he also sent in a mini, but he also sent in a second mini. <laughs> and we're going to be snip, snippity, snip, snip, snipping a little bit of that second one. Among other things, Peter says, I fail to see how the Daleks, in all their wisdom, thought it was a good idea to hide the one thing that could easily wipe them out on the one planet that their biggest foe visits most often during the time period he hangs around in the most, in the part of the world he most often frequents. Someone, please tell me why they thought this was a good idea. I can't, I'm laughing too much. (laughs) (laughs) I I generally hadn't kind of contemplated it in this much stupidly (laughs) accurate detail. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, yeah. it's so dumb. It's <laughs> <That's> so <right. laughs> dumb. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Peter, I don't get it. I don't understand what your beef is. This is great. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely failed to see that as well, Peter. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to cut a bit more. And then we get to the end where Peter says, The rest of this action-packed thrill ride is just wonderful. I love it all. But I was insulted then, and I'm insulted now. And that drags the score down from something close to perfect. Don't mess with a good mm. script. 4.3. 4.3? I mean... Oh. Yeah, yais caramba. That sounds... Second 4.3 in a row. something with that big a flaw. But anyway, Peter, that's fine. Well, I mean... Sorry, Jim Cakes. Here's my friend who agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, don't agree with him? Ask Ed Corbet. Maybe he'll agree with you. Oh! He doesn't, does he? Oh, tough titties. <laughs> Jeez, are we forming listener mini armies now? I mean, I've got a couple in the bank. I think Kieran Evans is probably on my side. Chris Stapp's panic's probably on my side. You know, come on, we can have a proper battle about this. <laughs> okay, okay, Jim Cakes, it's not a competition. <laughs> I mean, it totally is. Podcast land, come join my side. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> stuff. Who's next? It's that six-fingered man, Tan Six Fingers. Hello, Tan Six Fingers, a.k.a. Ben O'Neill. Snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. And Tan says, it should be added to the list of no one gets out alive stories, except that Lytton and the two fake cops survive. True. The serial, including moods, sets, and sounds, seems to be reminiscent of Earthshock, also by Sword. Another similarity between the two is that the Doctor again uses a gun, which I had forgotten, by the way, about Earthshock, mm. and actually uses two different guns, says Tan Six Fingers. Mm, very true. A little bit of a snip, and then Tans continues. I think Stein, played by Rodney Buse, was a standout character. Too bad he didn't get to return. Totally like Lytton. Wait, is that Revelation yeah. of Lytton? Is this is where Lytton? I got it from. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I'm fine with that spoiler, Tan Six Fingers. That's good stuff. I especially like the part where he is fighting against his programming to retain his humanity, which eventually wins, even if it means sacrificing himself. Yes. Yeah, that was good stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What does Tan Six Fingers give this, Jim? (laughs) 
why after some other points, Tan eventually gives this 4.3 out of 5. Oh, what a dink! Oh. It's a very common a, rating. Yet another very representative and accurate rating. <laughs> <laughs> Have I said you're a bastard? I, f- I feel like that should be said more often <laughs> if I have not said it enough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, fantastic. Tans, excellent mini. Thank you very much. People who are unfortunate enough not to be Tans, please go to whobackwanna.com, read as many in its full splendor, but also head on over to Twitter and Instagram, respectively, where you can follow him at what and what, respectively, Jim Gates? Tans Six Fingers and Tans Six Fingers. That's right. <laughs> The first one has a six, the number, and the other one has six, the word. Who's next? <laughs> Thank you, Tans. Thank you, Tans. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. It's none other than G.P. Haynes. G.P. <laughs> I say G, you say P. G. G. Yeah, that's right. Hello, G.P. Haynes. <laughs> Hello, G.P. <laughs> oh my goodness. Something is broken in both of us. I'm sorry. We can read these words. These lovingly written words from GP here. The uber-violent Fifth Doctor Dalek story. Not highly rated by some, but I love it! Yes! The first person is killed at just 56 seconds in. And by one minute four seconds (laughs) in, well, there's at least five dead! To be fair, GP didn't write that with the exclamation I gave it. But I wanted to. So, fuck you all. (laughs) I think it deserved it. GB also says, among other things, this is one of the best Dalek stories of the classic era, ranking up there with Genesis and the Seventh Doctors. (laughs) Superb serial, Remembrance of the Daleks. Now, that's an orgasmic one. You know what? When we get to that one, I'm pretty sure Drew is going to join us. I think that's the one that he watched with Ridgeway. A little bit of a snip, and then we get to Only Gripe, failing to clarify exactly how the Daleks utilize time travel. My personal explanation is that they are somehow limited in how they can use it. Otherwise, who knows what the universe would look like? And GP gives this a rating of 4.5 Secret Davros Virus. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. That is very nearly a perfect score, GP. (laughs) Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Excellent, Mini. People in podcast land who are not GP as, well, you know the drill now. Please just go to whobackwanna.com. Read all of these in their full splendor. GP is included. Excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you very much, GP. Great stuff. Thank you, GP. And next, we've got none other than Tracy from America. Tracy from America. Hello, Tracy. Why, hello there, Tracy. Snipping into about halfway through. This serial gets real interesting about the three-quarter mark, though. The Doctor faces down Davros with the intention of killing him and finds he can't quite pull the trigger. But a deadly virus that kills Daleks? He has no trouble releasing that. What is it that makes the difference? Did the Doctor trust Davros's story about softening the Daleks? Does the Doctor see Davros as more philosophically changeable while the Daleks are rigid? Is it because the weapon is a more direct method of killing than airborne virus? Or is it simply that Davros, for all his gnarly skin, has a face and looks humanoid? Mm. That is such a super duper interesting point. I kind of wish that we spent about an hour discussing that. Behold, regret washing over me. Discuss in the comment section. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy also says, among other things, feels like Turlo does a lot of, shall we say, avoid lurking in this one. Yes, indeed, <laughs> Tracy. Also, 
lastly, I'm sad to lose Tegan. I'd forgotten she leaves before Turlough does. It's a nice bit of philosophy she leaves us with. If what you are doing isn't fun anymore, it's time to move on. And she gives this a rating of box grater with a can of shaving foam inside. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actual reference to this episode. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tracy. Uh, yeah, thank you, Tracy. Where can people follow Tracy? Well, if you're not Tracy, head to Twitter, follow her at Yekarnyatnuf. <laughs> That's Fountain Tracy backwards, oh, almost. <laughs> thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Who's next? Why, we've got the man himself, Michael Ridgway. 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 <laughs> Hello, Michael. Hello there, Michael. Michael has given us the usual breakdown of some likes and some boobs. First like we are reading is Turlo getting punched in the stomach. Next like I picked at random general nastiness, scary cop clones, oozy massacres, the melty man face, even the usually hilarious Dalek squid is gross and yucky. Mm-mm-mm. And last like we're reading out is that companion departure. That's right, yeah. I can totally see why this is an episode to Michael's liking, by the way. And Michael also provides a list of boobs and we've got one in particular here that we're going to read out, namely, there's a few too many plot-convenient tactical screw-ups. Send one Dalek to the warehouse to capture the Doctor. How about send ten? All guards leave the room while we copy the Doctor's brain. No, keep them all there. Pack them in! <laughs> Indeed. Very, very fair point. So, Michael says in summary, the episodic equivalent of being bludgeoned in the face with a turnip. Nice. Which... Baffles me slightly because the rating then says 4.8 out of 5 post-episode stiff whiskeys required. <laughs> well, if that rating baffles you, Jim, you've clearly never been bludgeoned in the face with a turnip. I get it, Michael Ridgway. Excellent rating. <laughs> I now regret subtracting point two. <laughs> People who are not Michael can't follow Michael on Twitter. He can be found at bad underscore movie. underscore club that's it no more on scores done thank you very much michael thank you michael so big next up penultimate mini in fact that we are snip snippity snip snip snipping it comes from andy parkinson hello andy we have decided to read out the little middle bit of andy's review which is nicely broken down into likes and First like being the location setting, London Docklands looks dark and menacing, very atmospheric. The flesh-melting virus, gooey, grisly and gorgeous. Rulalenska is great as the world-weary and cynical styles. Terry Malloy gives Davros back the silky, soft-spoken menace and maniacal raving. Indeed. And last like, yeah. Maurice Colburn is good as the treacherous Lytton. Dang right he is. Then for the boofs, first boof, the prison ship crew's uniforms. They look like rejects from a Thunderbirds convention. That sounds more like a like to me, thank you very much. <laughs> Next up, those soldiers were duplicated rather quickly. <gasps> My friend agrees with me. Also, if you're going to duplicate people, shouldn't you duplicate their manner too? Archer and Co. clearly not the real thing. Tegan and Laird are instantly suspicious. Yep, fair point, super duper fair point. And last beef, the majority of the prison ship crew seems to have been cast straight from Rada and are utterly unconvincing. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> 
And Andy leaves us with this. I vividly remember seeing this story on first broadcast and loved it, and still do despite all the flaws. And he awards this 4.0 jizz squirting Daleks out of 5. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Andy, amazing mini. Thank you very much. Please, everyone else, go and read this mini in its full splendor. We did cut some schnips. We schnipped some schnips, in fact. And please do also high five Andy on Twitter. He can be found at Caffrey's what, Jim? 71. That's right. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Last, next. <laughs> next, last. Yeah, it's Paul Waring. What up, Paul? Hello. Hello, Paul. What do we do with Paul's review? Why, we're skipping the first bit and then going straight into paragraph number two, which sounds a bit like this. Lytton makes a great antagonist, and he gets around the problem of the Daleks lacking individual personalities. I like the links back to Destiny of the Daleks, too. From Genesis onwards, we have a broad arc for Dalek stories. It's also interesting that the Doctor now regrets his inability to destroy the Daleks in Genesis. Schnip, schnippity, schnip, 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 and Paul concludes with something along these lines. I do have a few questions, though. Why does a prison ship have a laboratory? Why is security so lax, given that Davros is a high-profile prisoner? Excellent question. And how were the duplicates of Tegan and Turlo created, given that they were not captured beforehand? Excellent question. I'm sure easily answered. Can't think of an answer right now. In summary, Paul gives this a rating of 4 out of 5. Fantastic rating, a very good mini. People of Podcast Land, read the mini in its full splendor. Also, please do high five Paul online. He can be found at what, Jim? Why, of course, it's Pwaring. Spelled as it sounds. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Paul. And thank you very much, everyone, in fact. Oh, my goodness, yes. Bing bong, future Leon here with one more listener mini. That's right, we actually got 17 of them. Holy moly. I'm really sorry I missed this one dropping into the inbox earlier. This one comes from Caleb from Australia. Hello, Caleb. How are you doing, sir? I'm going to be reading a a couple of select excerpts from Caleb's mini as well, but it's a really interesting one. Really interesting. So you head on over to whobackwanna.com and read it. It's full splendor as well, please. Here we go. Among other things, Caleb says, Matthew Robinson shoots with a keen eye, pushing for an interesting angle or camera movement. It keeps things pacey where needed and engaging where lingering. The opening scene is a standout with Malcolm Clark's synth-heavy score highlighting the atmosphere to a palpable degree. He also says, however, when presenting your masterful demonstration, best leave out the plot. (laughs) Inconsistencies in past events between this and the last Dalek outing are drastic. It would take a member of the royal family to cover a mess this big. And he concludes with, Tegan's departure is considered to be understated, and I quite agree. There was enough bloodshed in this story to justify her intentions. All in all, Caleb from Australia gives this 4.3 out of 5, which is a stunning rating. Thank you very much. Really super duper interesting mini. Peeps, you know the drill. Read it in its full splendor on whobackwhen.com. All right, back to the show. Bing bong. Thank you all. Such amazing content. Yeah. I know probably on the other side of producing all this stuff doesn't seem like it should take this long. And there are a bunch of you out there in podcast land who keep telling us, please just read all of the minis in full in general. But just to clarify, we've just spent an hour and 17 (laughs) on just these snippets. (laughs) 
and it's half midnight in Berlin right now. Thank you, Slash. Sorry. Thank <laughs> you for listening, beautiful people in podcast land, and thank you for sending in the stuff. We love to right. love to receive it. Holy smoke, 16, that's a record! Yeah. But yeah, we can't read them all out. It's insane. Right. Was this an excellent evening or what, Jim? I mean, it was friggin' amazeballs in your yeah. earballs. That's right. That was Resurrection of the Daleks. It, it's gone. That's right. We, we did it. Next up. Farewell, Resurrection of the yeah, Daleks. Goodbye. We're on to what in the classic channel? Well, in the classic channel, we have Planet of Fire, which is the penultimate episode of Peter Davison's. I mean, holy moly. Uh, not counting bonuses. I don't know if he shows up in another bonus. I think he actually does, yeah. But yeah, Planet of Fire. I mean, yeah, penultimate episode. That's a hell of a title. Great stuff. New Who, we will be stepping one foot more into the Whitaker era with the Ghost Monument. Yeah, as I recall, it's shit. <laughs> 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 Wait, sorry, no, that's that's really, really unfair. Let me clarify that. As I recall, it's dog shit. I cannot wait to rewatch it, maybe change my mind, but if I don't, I look forward to picking it apart. Yeah, in Audio Land, you just finally got to the one we've been teasing for so long, and now are we going to be teasing forever The Gathering? <laughs> well, please, gather around Podcast Land for the next audio review. It'll be the conclusion of a trilogy-ish of audiobooks. Listen to our first two audiobooks reviews, the last two audio reviews that we've done, because they all coalesce into the next one. Looking forward to it. Interesting. And probably the next bonus, well, we've said it already, we're coming up to the end of the Fifth Doctor's run, so there will be a retrospective on that. Dang right, yeah. I mean, isn't that just amazing? All of that stuff waiting in the future for you. I mean, you'd be stupid to contemplate anything but listening to more Who Back When. <laughs> Let's put this in a little bit of context, though, in terms of the episodes that we've got going on. Next up is Planet of Fire. That will be 135. The classic Who channel will effectively end with the Doctor Who movie, which is 157. Cool. Blimey, Governor. Yeah, we've got, like, basically nothing left. This is going to be insane bananas. Although maybe we'll split the uh, Trial of a Time Lord a little bit. We'll see about that. Yeah. But, like, there's very little left. Yeah. Likewise in New Who. Anyway, in the meantime, how can people say hi to us because I desperately want them to say hi to us. How can they say hi to us, Jim? Well, from my side, they can say hi via Twitter at Jimmy the Who. Oh, marvellous. Jimmy the... Let me just write this down. Who, you said? Yes, all, all one word, Jimmy the Who. You're quite correct, yes. All one word, Jimmy the... Let me just write this down. Who, you said. Dot com? Dot com, I think you said. I think that's it. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. You try that as a Twitter handle. See how you get on. There we go. <laughs> it's it's settled. Jimmy the Who. And then I love it. obviously I love it. I love they it. would go and find you at something like at Leon or at at the maze balls or you know something like that. Yeah. Wait, that's a great one. Hang on. Uh, Twitter.com slash amazeballs. Let me just see if that exists. Motherfucker, someone's already got it. What an utter dick. They've never tweeted. Amaze balls, if you're listening. Give me your handle, please. If not... <laughs> In the meantime, though. Go to hell. <laughs> yeah, you can go and find me at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. High-five me online. I will high-five you right back. Great stuff. Well, that's it. We've done it. We made it. Have We've I... had a blast recording this. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch you next time. So for now, see ya. Rock on. Be right next to each other. And cha-chao. Boom. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! 
Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode and lastly give us a rating and review on iTunes it helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points that's it rock on and be rad and excellent to each other catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode until then ciao ciao who back when